Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Back to Flower Politic Podcast. It's 25th of January, year of our Lord 2019. And that intro was liberals harassing older conservative people. Media ignored it completely. There are at least three or four different instances that people have surfaced back up of young kids knocking signs out of 80 year old men's hands, jumping around them, harassing them. Media didn't care about that. They. Just didn't care. But I want to front load some stuff or go back into Covington. The majority of this podcast will be Covington today because it just won't go away. And it exploded even worse after our last podcast. So, I mean, I have some stuff that just unbelievable. But while we're talking about a young man who smirked and he wore a hat, you know, he's white, he has a hat, he's pro-life, strike three. You know, these are terrible things. Alec Baldwin pleads guilty in Manhattan parking spot scuffle. Gets anger management. It's okay. It's just okay. He can do whatever he wants. He's an ally. It's almost becoming to the point where it's hard for me as a, you know, adult who doesn't consider himself GOP and not part of the far right. Even though I may espouse some views that are similar on the show, I I don't think I'm a nut job. To literally think that we are living in this totalitarian society that they speak of with fascists 
administrations, but it's not the right. It's the left. They can pretty much have carte blanche do whatever they want. You know, there's this great article. The bigotry at the heart of the Covington affair belongs to the left. At a few days removed from the Covington Catholic High School incident at Lincoln Memorial, we can reasonably sure there will be no apologies or correction forthcoming from the major media outlets that rush to vilify the students. We're going to show you stuff that continues. I mean, I have articles from today. The New York Times, WAPO, CNN, and dozens of lesser news organizations that condemn the high schoolers in Kentucky have not retract or walked back the initial warped narrative that racist white teens harassed an elderly Native American man, nor will there be any public contrition for many individual members of the media who are in the vanguard of the online mob. I'm not going to read them because most of them I'm going to talk about. Despite additional video footage that largely exonerated the students, neither of those public figures have deleted their tweets, nor has the other people that have just thousands. They believe that whatever the video footage actually reveals about the incident, specifically that the elderly Native American Nathan Phillip approached the kids and initiated a confrontation after they had been harassed by a bizarre racist group called Black Hebrew Israelites, is irrelevant to what they say is a larger point, that privileged white teenage boys who wear mega hats, are racist bigots and deserve no mercy. The Covington kids are certainly getting none. They and their families have been doxxed, harassed, and threatened for days on end. On Tuesday, Covington Catholic High School was closed over security concerns. We have other news that even got worse. And then it goes on just to break down the fact that they're white. They're important. To give you a taste, they've gone so far to a Minnesota school where a basketball game was played and a kid had a Trump 2020 flag. Instantly, they get some liberal coach to say, I coach in a predominantly black inner city high school We go out there to a rural area in Jordan, Minnesota, and this is here. Please explain why this is appropriate at a basketball game. The Star Tribune, USA Today, ran with it. But there's hope. Navy chief always. Henderson Matt, schools should teach students about the Constitution and about their freedom of speech. Coaches teaching students how to be offended is a disgrace. I put that up front because there's hope on through all this. There's hope that normal people will start speaking up. There's hope that the silent majority of most of us that are just sick of the media picking and choosing what they believe are evil people that are just normal kids and going roughshod over their lives, doxing them, demeaning them, making them out to be Hitler for standing and smiling. I mean, listen to Chris Cuomo. Where were the chaperones? Why did a school event involve mega hats? Then we get to the heart of it. The face-to-face encounter. The man, Nathan Phillips, apparently wanted to defuse the tension, and he walked up to do exactly that. And surely the kid, Nick Sandman, he doesn't seem to be afraid. 
But he did make a choice, and that was to make it into a standoff. That was not a good choice. Was it legal? Sure. That's not my test. And it shouldn't be the test. Here's mine. If that were my son, who happens to go to a great Catholic school, would I like what he did? If I were there, would I have allowed the kids to be in that situation? No and no. There was a disrespected play that doesn't work for me in these circumstances. I don't blame the kids. My concern were the reactions more so. The left and the right almost instantly had equal and opposite reactions. There were reports of extreme misconduct, attacks by the kids, reverb about it being set up to hurt the kids. The man with the drum was accused of lying and provoking. And then came the president. Nick Sandman and the students of Covington have become symbols of fake news and how evil it can be. They've captivated the attention of the world, and I know they will use it for the good, maybe even bringing people together. Started off unpleasant, but can end in a dream. Isn't that your job? Not the teenager, right? Weren't they out of their depth? Aren't they supposed to be protected from this? Aren't you the one who's supposed to find a way to bring us together instead of exploiting every opportunity you find to divide? railing on the media and the left, propping up the kids as victims. You neglect that they were mainly victims of their own choices and actions. Shouldn't we discuss that? But I will argue that it isn't proof that all is lost. And that the division, while overwhelming, there is a chance for better and situations like this are supposed to be part of making it better. Teaching the kids that you've got to inject kindness into situations, the power of dialogue what confrontation should be about. The kid even gets that. In his statements that he's made publicly, he says, I wish we could have talked. I wish this had never happened. He's right. Hopefully he will never make a, cho a choice like this again. I play that up front, not because it's the worst, not because it, it's damning or all, but Trump, mega hat, the parents... That's a premier newsman. That is a premier network. Everything he said in there shows how disconnected from reality progressives are. Trump tweets stuff. Half the public doesn't read it. Majority of Americans don't have a Twitter account and they don't spend their whole day seeing what Trump said on Twitter. You, the media, push it, and you push it with a negative connotation. Dividing the country. Trump doesn't divide the country. Trump talks to his base. It's the same thing Obama did, W. Bush, H. Bush, Clinton, Truman, Kennedy. You, the media, divide the country. You, the media, keep this tribalism going. Because though Chris Cuomo sounds like he's, well, I'm not blaming the kids. CNN from morning to night did blame the kids. CNN from morning to night made them worse than Hitler. CNN from morning to night talked about a mega hat is triggering. Those are all things you're going to hear. Because they believe, once again, only they can be triggered. Only they can be outraged. Outraged. Everybody on their side is righteous. Everybody on the other side is not righteous. This comes down to a white kid with a Trump hat who's pro-life. In my adult life, anybody who 
espouses conservative values has been crushed in the media and made to be the boogeyman. And our fire, in fact, will show this one. They even made it the conservative media spun it. Yeah. Okay. sparked outrage online but now another video is raising new questions about what really happened before the incident and the teen at the center of all of it all is now speaking out abc's ariel reshef has the latest overnight one of the teens at the center of this now viral encounter defending himself saying these initial images don't tell the whole story of Nick Sandman appearing to stare down Nathan Phillips, a 65-year-old Native American and Vietnam veteran, surrounded by a crowd of teens, many wearing Make America Great Again hats, sparking an internet firestorm. Sandman now saying he and his family are receiving death threats, claiming in a statement, I was not intentionally making faces at the protester. I did smile at one point because I wanted him to know that I was not going to become angry, intimidated, or provoked into a larger confrontation. Phillips claims the teens were chanting, build that wall. So far, no footage has surfaced backing up that claim. But this morning, new videos shedding light on the moments before and after the distressing incident. A separate group of protesters can be heard hurling slurs at the young Kentucky students who have gathered at the March for Life. After the first video surfaced, guys, the school quickly condemned the conduct of these boys, promising an investigation, even disciplinary action against them, up to expulsion if necessary. This is such a cautionary tale. I have to say, I, I saw that first image on Saturday morning, and, and it seemed absolutely it seemed outrageous. Clear. But it shows what you can do with editing footage, just yeah, single images. Right. This was a much, much more complicated story, and it appears at least that this young man was trying to do the right thing in some measure. Maybe he didn't do it perfectly, but trying. Yeah, there was definitely a rush to judgment by a lot of people, and I think it's a teachable moment in our country so and yeah. about the fact that this country is so polarized. It was right a very now. lengthy video. Yes, Didn't you say hour you and watched? 45 minutes yeah. I watched. So it's hard so. just to take a snippet from yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But snippet they did. Journalists and celebs rushed to delete tweets slamming mega kids. Just in this article alone. Um, over the past 24 hours, journalists and public figures on Twitter have deleted previous tweets slamming the mega hat wearing teens for taunting an American vet. From CNN's Jake Tapper to Dilbert Contoulin's Scott Adams, many on the internet are sharing a fuller explanation of the initial viral story. Others, are, however, however, are subtly just using the delete button. Recode editor and New York Times contributor op-ed writer Kara Swisher, for instance, deleted one tweet saying she was thinking of finding every one of those shitty kids and giving them a large piece of her mind. And other tweets thrown slurs like Nazi and Nationalit. Scott Thurman deleted a twi tweet alleging students in mega hats were mocking and taunting the Native American. 
Longer video of the controversy at the steps of Lincoln Memorial. Does this change your mind about what happened either way? Oh, maybe I was wrong. Ed Krasestein deleted a neutral tweet and taught to play in the intentions of Nick Sandman, the young mega student accused of smirking in the Native American. His brother, Brian Castine, deleted a tweet calling the students bigoted. The New Republicans, Jeet Here, deleted a tweet arguing that mega hat wearing teens were racist. Bakari Sellers, we're going to talk about by itself. Patton Oswald deleted a tweet linking to a critical thread that doesn't go so far as doxatines, but identifies alleged cultural problems at the school. We'll talk about that. Anna Navarro deleted a tweet calling out the ass-white parents and students for teaching them bigotry and racism. She tweeted an additional post with a full unedited video of the te- unedited video of the teens, maintaining her support for the Native American vet Phillips. Among those who watched it, some hear Yanni and others hear Laurel. She tweeted, watch and make up your own mind because we're not going to back off of our shit. You know Democratic Democrats in office ran with this. Dear Covington Catholic, this is Ted Lou. I went to a Catholic school and am a follower of Jesus. Yes, yeah, sure you are. Jesus taught us to act in exact opposite manner of how your students behave. I will pray for your students and hope that they mature. Their hate can turn into love. Dana Loesch calls him out. Nick Sandman demonstrated more restraint and grace in all those video footage than you have ever demonstrated as a public official. Tell me, O oh follower of Christ, where Jesus stands on abortion. Ted Lou, I didn't realize the NRA is now an anti-choice organization. There it is. Boom. It goes back. She calls him for deflection. Just calls him for deflection. There were so many threats. They closed school. There was a bomb threat. I have actual video that we will play of them protesting the fucking school. Protesting this this Phillips guy up front as a total liar. His DD-214 shows he was a reservist in the Marine Corps. He never stepped foot in Vietnam. The media doesn't care. Nobody's touched the black Israelites. They don't want to touch it because they're black. They're excluded from it. It just went out of fucking control. For a peace moment, or a kind of a summation of everything, here's Tucker breaking down this craziness on the left. It's not surprising, then, that when a group of pro-life Catholic kids who look like lacrosse players and live in Kentucky are accused of wrongdoing, the media don't pause for a moment before casting judgment. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times suggested the boys needed to be expelled from school. Anna Navarro of CNN called the boys racists and asswipes and then went after their teachers and their parents. Others called for violence against them. CNN legal analyst Bakari Sellers suggested one of the boys should be, quote, punched in the face. Former CNN contributor Reza Aslan agreed. Aslan asked on Twitter this, Have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? Longtime CNN contributor Kathy Griffin seemed to encourage a mob to rise up and hurt these boys. Quote, Name these kids. I want names. Shame them. If you think these efforts wouldn't dox you in a heartbeat, think again. Then she repeated her demand again later. Quote, Names, please, and stories from people who can identify them and vouch for their identity. Thank you. Hollywood film producer Jack Morrissey tweeted that he wanted the boys killed. Quote, MAGA kids go screaming hats first into the wood chipper. And then he paired that with a graphic photo. Actor Patton Oswalt linked to personal information about one of the boys in case anyone wanted to get started on that project. Meanwhile, Twitter, which claims to have a policy against encouraging violence, stood by silently as all of this happened. 
But in case you think the response was entirely from the left, you should know that the abuse was bipartisan. It wasn't just left versus right. It was the people in power attacking those below them as a group. Plenty of Republicans in Washington were happy to savage the Covington kids, probably to inoculate themselves from charges of improper thought. Bill Kristol asked his Twitter followers to consider, quote, the contrast between the calm dignity and quiet strength of Mr. Phillips and the behavior of MAGA brats who have absorbed the spirit of Trumpism. So threats off the top. There's some fucking douche nozzle, you know, vanilla ice motherfucker, Uncle Shoes. Lock the kids in the school and burn that bitch to the ground. Burn the fucking school down. Fire on the mega cocksuckers on sight. If you're a true fan of shoe, I want you to fire on any of these redhead bitches when you see them. On sight. Yeah. They're still up. I'm going to another person. I'm uh, spicy chicken nugget. I'm going to tweet something very inappropriate, but Covington Catholic High School is due a school shooting. That those all stayed. Deborah Messing. This is about kids. Remember, mocking, condescending, disrespectful assholes. Never removed it. Reza Aslan. As was pointed out by Tucker and everybody. This is a guy that did stuff on CNN. Honest question. Have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? Melissa. My friend's account, Conservative 6, has been permanently suspended for replying to this tweet by Reza Aslan. Encouraging others to punch a kid. Jack and Twitter support think her reply is promoting violence. But this tweet was not. How shoes literally one of the people fucking reported it and they said it didn't violate Twitter's term of support. This one, in the case of Conservative 6, he called him a pansy for threatening kids. He was suspended. This tweet was allowed to say. Mac at Aaron Yano. It's at Aaron. It's Aaron, you know, is his handle. A school shooting at Covington would be acceptable. Nothing. Take it down. Caitlin Bennett. I've been sent thousands of death threats. I've been threatened with rape. The FBI informed me of threats against my life. I do all I can to defend liberty. But the only time Conservative Inc. mentions me is side with those who want to be dead. Establishment cons aren't allies. Her point was to... Fucking Crystal, Ben Shapiro of all people, he did it and then retracted it. Essie Cup was the voice I played in the last podcast. I couldn't confirm who it was because I just got the soundbite. She lamented how horrible they are. And then apologized online but didn't do it on air. Bakari Sellers, this guy is a CNN employee. He's a former state representative. Publicly tweeted his fantasy about punching a 15-year-old Covington Catholic high school student in the face. The 34-year-old man, quote, tweeted another tweet with a now-debunked claim about what happened and said, he is a deplorable, some people can also be punched in the face. 
The tweet he quoted contained the debunked claim this mega loser gleefully bothers uh, bothering a Native American protester at Indigenous People March. We know now that the men had waded into the group of teenagers, harassed them in solidarity with a group of black Israelites who were shouting racist slurs at them and calling them future school shooters. He deleted the tweet. I have it for prosperity. Vulture writer who wished death on Covington students fired from job. Their response, we were surprised and upset to see the inflammatory and offensive rhetoric used on Eric Abra's tweet account, the Twitter account this weekend. He worked with the company in a post-production department and never as a writer uh, said in a statement to the rap on Monday, while we appreciate his work, it is clear that he is no longer aligned with our company core values of respect and tolerance. That later in their statement, passions ran high on social media Saturday. The video emerged that several students were coming to many of whom were wearing mega American hats surrounding the Native American, but it still doesn't make it right. Because once again, you can, you can do whatever you want. They, they wore the hat. His tweet, I don't know what it says about me, but I've truly lost the ability to articulate the hysterical rage, nausea, and heartache this makes me feel. I just want these people to die. Simple as that. Every single one of them and their parents. Racism is in its boomer death throes. I will die out with this younger generation. Look at the shit-eating grins on all those young white slugs' faces. Just perverse pleasure at wielding a false dominion they've been taught their whole lives was their divine right. Fucking die. The tweet remained live as of Monday morning. I haven't checked if it's still there. What, 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 Jack Morrissey, he is doing the beauty and the beast, mega kids go screaming hats first into the wood chipper, and he made a picture from Fargo and red blood flying and a mega hat going in, that's what he did. SNL writer, blowjobs, will give blowjobs in exchange. Sarah Beadle, I will blow whoever manages to punch that mega kid in the face. By the time all this went down, this is just a brief amount of it. Dear parents, the incident that took place at the March for Life of Washington is being fully investigated by an independent third-party investigator who has found the kids has done nothing wrong by the time, you know, we're here podcasting. Based upon and following an investigation, we will be taking the appropriate action regarding this matter. Please know that the administration is currently working with the diocese, local police departments, and local authorities to ensure the safety of our students, faculty, and staff. Please note that we have been advised... Should you receive any type of threatening communication, you're asked to contact the local authorities. Thank you for your patience during this most difficult time. Please continue to pray for our community. God bless Mr. Rowe. They've now put out a fucking, you must get a statement before your kids are interrogated. Because every media source has gone down there to try to interrogate these kids. We'll play NBC in a minute. Now my question before we move on to the crux of the issue hats have you ever seen this about liberal kids you know I see liberal kids do all sorts of fucked up shit Stoneman Douglas comes to mind I always blame the parents 
the parents allow their kids to treat people like that. And I bring Stoneman Douglas up because seriously, a smirk, a nervous 17-year-old kid smirk because he didn't know what the fuck to do with Jimmy Tom Tom in his grill. He's a bastard racist bigot, Hitler. But saying to Dana Loesch, you're a witch and must be burned is okay? Are you serious? Telling a sitting senator, kids' blood are on your hands. The big phrase that came out after Stoneman Douglas, that anybody who's a member of the NRA, blood is on your hand. People said that to me for fuck's sake. Kids' blood are on your... You can say all that shit, but sit and smirk with a mega hat. You're fucking triggering? And just think about the symbol of that red hat. When I see the Make America Great Again hat now, Chris, I am triggered. I'm so triggered. Andre, I think in a lot of ways, our friendship has been compromised by the fact that you continue to support this man. The one thing I will say to you to be absolutely fair is more than anybody else that I know on this network, you will regularly take Donald Trump to task. I don't agree with you on this last point, but this Make America Great Again hat is just as maddening and frustrating and triggering for me to look at as a KKK hood. Like, that is the type of hatred that his policies represent. And until we can have common ground and understanding about that, that it's that triggering, we're going to continue to have problems. Final word, Andre. Then, then... But I would just say, you don't let people run around in your head rent-free. There are things that offend me, but I don't let them offend me. A lot of people take that red hat today that they believe we elected an individual that was willing to take on everybody from Wall Street to the media to go in and drain the swamp and clean Washington out and put this country back on the path to where we believed America was first and to make it great again, to where we looked after the people in this country first and foremost. And there's a lot of un- when was unheard that? people when in was America that, that felt like Donald Trump was the when vehicle was it great, to make Andre? that happen. Well, look, when was it great, Andre? Well, I, yeah, that's big. We got an op-ed by uh, Milano in a second about that. Well, we'll just do it right now. Alyssa Milano, red mega hats from the new white hoods. Let's take a stand. Last week, a group of boys engaged the Native American man beating a tribal drum. The exchange was caught on video. And watching the video, each of us saw what we wanted to see because the division in the country are so deep, they're so fossilized. Still... Some things in that video cannot be disputed. Disputed, No matter what angle or how extended the cut is, these boys who attended a religious school were that there on a school trip protesting against a white woman's right to reproductive freedom. See? Mm-hmm. You're horrible. Some of these boys were wearing red mega hats, a hat that has become synonymous with white nationalism and racism. Several were doing a tomahawk chop, part of their school fucking shit, but, you know, hey, we're not going to take down FSU, are we? Oh, I guess we are now. Oh, wait a minute, there's a lot of black people there. We won't. Several were laughing. When I saw the video, I saw boys flaunting their entitlement and displayed toxic masculinity. It seems to me like they were reflecting the white nationalism and racism that the hats on their heads have come to represent. I sent out a tweet that read, The red mega hat is the new white hood. Right-wing pundits and the anonymous trolls alike scream for my head literally and figuratively. My husband was seen a death threat on his cell phone. Many demanded apology. Here's the thing. I was right. So I won't apologize to these boys or anyone who wears the hat. But... We'll thank them. I will thank them for lighting a fire underneath the conversation about the systematic racism and misogyny in the country and the role Trump has had in cultivating it and making it acceptable. 
So he goes back and breaks down his life and that he was next to somebody that used to be, could have been a racist and blah, blah, blah. Make America great again. David Duke endorsed him, which Trump initially refused to disavow. See, it's always David Duke. You're held accountable for David Duke, but nobody's held accountable for anything the left does. Trump is a racist. I'm saying that everyone who proudly wears a hat identifies... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not saying everyone who voted for Trump's a racist. I'm saying that everyone who proudly wears that red hat identifies an ideology of white supremacy and misogyny. Everyone who proudly wears those hats gives a tacit endorsement to the hatred and violence we've seen these past few years. When the Unite the Right chanted, Jews will not replace us, the red hats were there. When young children were being torn for their families at the border and forced to represent themselves in immigration courts, a total lie, but okay, the red hats were there. When Muslims were banned for coming in the country, red hats were there. When the White Lives Matter rally, red hats were there. Black protesters were assaulted, red hats were there. Red hat, red hat, red hat, red hat. I'm not reading the rest of this fucking bullshit. You know, nobody gave a fuck when Obama separated kids. Nobody gave a fuck when everybody ran around with hope and change shits. Nobody cared. But a red hat is now the KKK. This shit is so out of control, pushed by the media, that I want to go buy a red hat now. I want to wear a hat that says, a fucking hat is not racist. It's just a fucking hat. The problem with this that gets in my craw is that Salmon guy who looks just like Sandberg from SNL, he doesn't have the right to support Trump. He doesn't have the right to be a Christian. He doesn't have the right to support pro-life. Those are things they won't, they won't allow. It goes against everything they talk about. The millennials are all for abortion till death. Which, I was so fired up in the intro, I forgot. Maybe I'll go redo the intro. I guess I really can't do redo the intro. We're going to cover PPFA numbers today. And New York. Who did exactly what I've been saying they wanted. Abortion till birth. If the baby comes out alive... But they wanted it aborted, let it die. They gosnelled their abortion law. Gosnell wouldn't be thrown in jail for what he did in New York. He's a goddamn hero. Freedom of speech is only freedom of speech, as we'll see in the end, with Ricky Virgil, or whatever his name is, Ricky Verzay, Jersey, Jersey, whatever, that fucking gay comedian. Gervais, there it is. He's an alt-writer now because he said it's stupid. It's a fucking hat. It's a hat. Hope and change was a hat. It was a t-shirt. It was a poster. It was freedom of speech. I may not agree with it. But it's freedom of speech. But now you're saying anybody who ever wears a hope and change hat or a fucking uh, Make America Great hat is a racist 
but wearing a hope and change hat is patriotic. NBC News, Noah Berkeley, Covington Catholic kid, Sandman said he was silent bystander, but his manga hat spoke for him. They break it down. Noam Berlansky, the insistent that a hat meant to make a political statement somehow isn't political, is something else. Also, the pretense that any to the folks that are concerned about sexual assault when they're defending Trump, we're still going back to grab the pussy. Petransky again, ideally I do not want a world in which children wander out in public with symbols of hate on their head because they think they're cool. That's in the world we're living in though, and we can't change, we don't change it pretending we're not. Do you think that wearing a swastika has no moral practical implication? You seem to think my words are dangerous and upsetting, yes. Why bother renting otherwise? I think people should be aware, too, that wearing a mega hat is align yourself with literal Nazis. It's a deliberate provocation, which is likely to spark and escalate conflict. That's what wearing them is meant to do. It's associated with the president, the phrase's meaning. It's worn on all time by actual Nazis. It's worn during the commission of hate crimes. People know what it means. They either embrace that or don't care. Either way, it's racist. Don't want to be racist? Don't wear it. Ozzy Mandea, step one, the caps are dangerous. Step back and read that out loud. A hat, an inanimate object with some words on it is really dangerous. Step two, now go look in the mirror to see what a frothing, triggered libtard you are. Step three, delete your Twitter account. D'Onofrio, the Megan hat, is a sign to majority of Americans that one who wears it supports a president that clearly not be, cannot be trusted. So I would say if you want to be trusted by the majority of people in your country, then I would take the hat off. Silly. It's not rocket science. The tweet that started this all, the red mega hat is the new white hood. Without white boys being able to emphasize with other people, humanity will continue to destroy itself. El Vidro Ebro. These are all blue checks, by the way. You know, you show up wearing a manga hat, you know what you're doing. You want it. You got it. This is back to the fucking morally right to punch somebody with a red hat. Drew McCoy. The idea that wearing a hat is basically the equivalent of fighting words is a really bad development, and people should push back against it, even especially if you're not on Team Mega. Dr. Arbor Gay, the kid was wearing a mega hat, that racially charged act is provocation on its own. And Helen Peterson, one theme of conversation of the past 24 hours, how deeply familiar this looks look is. It's a look of white patriarchy, of course, but that familiarity, that banality, it's part of what prompts the visceral reaction. This isn't spectacular, it's life in America. And she put a kit picture up of a kid, the kid, Sandman, and Kavanaugh. Holly Marine Combs. You can talk about approach to all live long day. I know who was there for the right reasons and who was there for the wrong, misguided reasons. I also know what the face of white supremacy looks like, and it's wearing a red hat. Jessica Valentine. I'm, I'm going to get to a point in a second. I honestly haven't stopped thinking about the mega kid all day, in part because I think so many of us have been on the receiving end of face he is, was making. Smug, untouchable, entitled, fuck you. And let's please not forget that this group of teens who crowd around to mock and harass Nathan Phillips were there for the march for life. There's an extremely link between control over women's body, white supremacy, and young white male entitlement.
Arlen Parsa. Hey, Twitter. This guy's a journalist. We need to have a talk. Last night I learned and confirmed the name of the main student for the Covington Catholic incident. The kid grinning in front of the native elder. So there's a huge thread. He keeps going. I'm sure the teachers of Covington Catholic are hardworking people and they don't deserve anyone's scorn per se. But the school itself needs to reckon with how a nearly all-white atmosphere can lead to, at the very least, blind spots in their kids' racial awareness. There was a black kid in the crowd. He posted pictures of the school and the school's website. While we're at it, we also need to talk about gender at Covington Catholic. I've heard from members of the community that there's an ingrained sexism problem at the school which refers to women as females. Then he goes on to lie about a bunch of shit that I'll talk about in a second. So when he gets done with this huge thread, Jamel Hill, if you are liked and agreed with by Jamel Hill, you're a race hustler. That's all I have to say to you. I appreciate the thoughtfulness of this thread and agree that this school has deep-rooted racial and diversity issues. That being said, POC persons of color, are tired of being humiliated by people who know better but don't do better because their privilege allows them to dehumanize people. Just grab that in for a second. So, once again, you can go out and talk about kids from the right, demean them, say they need to be punched in the face, slander them that they're racist because they wore a hat and went to a pro-life march. That's okay. You can do this. Writer regrets tweet calling for Covington students to be docs. The Raps GQ, Nathal Friedman wrote, I was an irresponsible, stupid, stupid tweet, blah, blah, blah. What was his tweet? Dox them all. You try to get me docs or saying people should be docs? That's not hypocritical at all, was his other tweet. I don't know what it says about me, but I truly lost the ability, blah, 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 blah. He retweeted the other tweet. Eugene Jew, MD. Black teens get gunned down on the, gunned down the street for just wearing a hoodie, while white teens have expensive PR teams that gaslight us through respected journalism, make us second-guess racial actions seen on video. This is the nature of white supremacy. It's powerful and insidious. Joe Migadio, a voice-off actor in Hollywood. I've never in my life said, well, those are well-deserved death threats, but I've also learned to never say never. Fuck them white punk-ass white kids. That's all one Hashtag. Once again, this whole incident reminds me of hands up, don't shoot. It doesn't matter if it's real. It doesn't matter that it's been proved false. It doesn't matter that factually... Nothing stacks up. It doesn't matter that the black Israelites were the real aggressors. It doesn't matter that Nathan Phillips is a fucking liar. And everything he said is lied. His story has changed 12 times on interviews just in CNN. He's lied about his service. He's done this in the past. He's do- he's gone and, and been caught six or seven times making up stories about how he was confronted by white kids and he was always the confronter. None of that matters. The agenda matters. A, March for Life was more successful than the Women's March. 
B, he's a Trump supporter. C, white. We can run with this. We can make a culture war out of this because we're losing. We're we're claiming we really need to get the money to those poor workers. My local NBC network that we have watched since 1997, we're now shopping for a news network. All they talk about is the shutdown from Democratic talking points because they're NBC. But the Dems had three times to at least get them some pay. They've turned it down. AOC, who we'll talk to about today, it's because there was money for ICE. There's a million reasons. They had their chance. They blocked it. So that they continue to say, Trump's the devil. He doesn't want to pay these poor 800,000 people because he just wants a border wall. State of the Union's canceled. They're playing all these politics and all you see on your TV from the media is we can use this for the Democrats. We can make an agenda out of this. We can crush them. So this is this. This this thing is just like that. It's like Trayvon. Pack of Skittles and an iced tea. Proven to be false by a jury with black people on it. I mean, for Christ's sake, what does it say about the left that a black president... A black attorney general get on the TV and say, hey, hey, whoa, his hands up, don't shoot, was bullshit. Homie tried to grab the cop's gun. He was told to stop, he didn't. It was excessive force, but this kid didn't have his hands up. And we're in 2019 and we're still saying it's true. Hands up, don't shoot. This is what white people do. Those were tweets. So as you can expect, this is just a taste, a taste of what our media did with this story. Still to the day, they're twisting this story regardless of facts. They say it is shut today and it will stay shut until police tell them it is safe to open back up. There was a small protest uh, at the diocese, as you mentioned today, or a unity uh, moment at the diocese today. But, you know, all of but look, here are the facts of how all of this played out when it happened last Friday. The initial video came out. It was reported on when new facts became available. A new video was out there that was also reported on. That is how reporting works. Now, one of the Twitter accounts that sort of spurred on a lot of the reporting on this uh, issue, uh, on that video, uh, CNN asked questions of Twitter on it, and that video, that Twitter account has now been suspended. It appears there may have been an effort to to, to make this go sort of hyper-viral by by several uh, different individuals out there. The incident that everyone focused on to begin with was about four minutes long, but the entirety of this thing that uh, happened on Friday was over an hour and a half long. There were members of the uh, Hebrew Israelites. This is an African-American group that believes that they are uh, God's descendants. They had been taunting both the students and the Native Americans for quite some time. That's when the elder from the the tribe in Omaha, the Omaha tribe, stepped in drumming and doing a spiritual song to try to bring everyone together. 
He walked into the middle of it. There was the face-off with Nathan Sandman, who has now released a statement saying that he uh, didn't mean anything by that and he wasn't actually facing off with him. He was only trying to bring everything down as well. Uh, interestingly, the March for Life, which the kids were there uh, at uh, to begin with, they at first uh, were very upset with what the kids did and then since rescinded their statement as well. Uh, the school, the diocese, and the nearby Latin school closed today. We will see what happens tomorrow, but right now people here in the, 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 the area around Cincinnati, uh, just south of Cincinnati in Kentucky and Covington, uh, trying to come to grips with everything that happened and hopefully take a breath and move yeah. on. Brooke? Yeah, yeah. Take a breath. Just seems like a snapshot of America here in 2019. And Senator, lastly, I want to get your reaction to the BuzzFeed report suggesting President Trump instructed his former attorney, Michael Cohen, to lie to Congress about a proposed Trump Tower Moscow deal. The special counsel's office disputed that report. What was your reaction? And did Democrats seize on that report too quickly? Uh, the report is highly concerning, Martha. It just shows more evidence that perhaps this president did obstruct justice. It shows uh, that... Um, Even though the special counsel disputes it? Martha, it raises a question in my mind that is very serious. And so what we need is Mueller to be able to finish his investigation. And one of the things that I'm most concerned about is that Senator McConnell will not let a bipartisan bill come to the Senate floor to allow us to protect that investigation, to make sure uh, he cannot be fired prematurely. And, and, and the law says he can only be fired for, for cause. And so what our bill does is it goes to a judge. So a judge can make an in-camera decision about whether this was done properly and preserve all the evidence. So we have to protect the Mueller investigation. We need the facts. And so this just shows how urgent that investigation is. Tell you what, uh, opinions are mixed as I read my Twitter mentions this morning. <laughs> One thing is clear, <laughs> the MAGA hats clearly caused an overreaction by everyone on both sides. I don't know. I, I again would like to hear from all of you. There was clearly some misunderstanding on, on both sides. That young man there does not look like someone who is appreciative and considerate of, of this culture and this chant going on, but you, 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 you it may not have just been there. the hats. It might have been the jeering and the, the chanting. Yeah, it's it's clearly two sides to the story. The problem is we all overreact so instantly with these stories, the and, media and now the MAGA hats stand for a certain thing to a lot of people. Hopefully, some understanding and some positive learning comes out of this. What are the chances of that? <laughs> right, I doubt in it. In this environment, right? Not likely. Back home, new video is giving us a more complete picture of what happened in that viral confrontation between students wearing MAGA hats and a Native American elder at the Lincoln Memorial. Our Ron Allen now on how the student at the center of all this is defending himself. This face-to-face -face confrontation igniting charges of racism. Kentucky high school students accused of mocking Native American elder Nathan Phillips, who claims his drumming was a gesture of peace. I'm scared. I'm feared. But today, junior Nick Sandman, at the center of the controversy, is speaking out. He and his classmates, who face possible expulsion from Covington Catholic, insist this longer video shows what really happened. This is a bunch of the teens say they faced a barrage of verbal abuse from a group calling themselves the Black Hebrew Israelites. Sandman claims they got permission from chaperones to respond with spirit chants to counter the hateful things that were being shouted. Phillips approached, trying, he says, to decrease tension between the two groups. I intervened, and things just escalated from there. 
Sandman claims he singled me out for a confrontation, adding, I did smile at one point because I wanted him to know that I was not going to become angry, intimidated, or be provoked. A Kentucky congressman now backing the students, tweeting, In the face of racist and homosexual slurs, the young boys refuse to reciprocate or disrespect anyone. But Native American advocates say the video speaks for itself. He got caught doing something that was incredibly racist and disrespectful, and now he's back backpedaling. The school and local diocese have apologized to Phillips, a Vietnam veteran, as the search for more video and answers continues. Ron Allen, NBC News. And I think part of the reason is because this is no longer purely pragmatic or practical politics. This is a moral issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I think the shutdown is kind of a symptom of something larger. The wall is a campaign promise the president made to play on something very deeply held that his political base feels. And if you want to look for an image that actually speak to this, speaks to this, it's probably those protesters who were on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, the Native American man who was beating the drum, Nathan Phillips, and those mm -hmm. kids in the Make America Great Again hats that were kind of smirking at him and kind of looking down their noses at him. To me, that is the real image. That is the real emblem of this. This is about xenophobia. For many Americans, this is about race. This is about rhetoric that has reached a point where it has ground the government to a halt. Nancy Pelosi said a wall is an immorality. So how do you make a political solution mm -hmm. to a moral quandary? It, it seems like the entire political establishment has kind of painted itself into a place where the practical nature of politics could solve this. But for many Americans, for many people of color, and I'm not speaking for all people of color, for the Rashida Talibs in this country, for the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes in this country, they are tired of political solutions to moral problems. Yeah. We've come uh, a long, long way uh, from, the, from the days of uh, dogs, police dogs and fire hoses and lynchings and those types of things. But those activities take different forms today. And they manifest themselves very differently. The KKK, the Nazis, they aren't running around in hoods and burning crosses. They're getting tiki torches and wearing izads and, and pullovers, right? Walking so, in public. And walking in public. So it's a very different environment. The scab on, on, on civil rights, the scab on racism, <coughs> all of that has been plucked, pricked, pulled, pulled off again. Well, this is a really tricky story to unpack, especially in such a short amount of time. Part of it is just how we view news through our political prisms. You can't separate the larger context from the video. As much as we want to say that's in one singular incident, the fact of the matter is, is that hate crimes are definitely on the rise. Uh, instances of anti-Semitism are definitely on the rise. We had a marching of neo-Nazis in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is not the same as those high school kids, but there is a context in which this is happening that people are absorbing that news cycle. And Mark, I'm going to bring I do not see it as complicated or nuanced. We have to speak up. The Native American community in America is misunderstood, it's disrespected, their contributions to this country are marginalized, and, and we can't make politics uh, and make, make, suggest that somehow from a Republican or a Democrat, I think about this differently depending on who's the target. No, we have to condemn the and, and Senator, I, I want to end here by showing you a video that's gone viral this weekend. Teenage Trump supporters taunting a Native American veteran at the end of the Indigenous Peoples March here in Washington. Your state has one of the highest Native American populations. What's your message to those teenagers? And has the president created this environment doing things like calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas? 
Well, I would say a couple of things about the video. One is, obviously, that young man standing awkwardly close to someone. That doesn't seem natural uh, to be able to have that. I don't see him taunting him. I see him just standing there staring at him. I, I would say there are a lot of rallies that I've seen. You don't think that would be intimidating to have that teenager up? Well, certainly I do. No, no. Certainly I do. And I wasn't trying to say that. I was saying that is intimidating. You stand awkwardly close to him. But I've seen lots of rallies and events where I've seen individuals yelling and screaming in people's faces uh, and trying to be able to intimidate them. So I've, I've seen a lot worse than that. That is highly disrespectful, not only to a Native American gentleman, but any older gentleman uh, for a teenager to do that. Uh, the key issue that I would say is in our culture, for whatever reason, in our current culture, whether it's on social media, whether it's at events, I see people trying to stop hate with more hate. None of them carried lawyer representing Covington kids, gave journalists and the media 48 hours to retract, or they're going to sue. He then got bomb threats. They ignored it. Our media ran with stuff like this. Paul Farhi, how it all went down. A viral story spread. The mainstream media rushed to keep up. The Trump internet pounced. Something by A. Boyle Heiser and me. Viral story take time to develop. This creates challenges for actual reporters. And the pro-Trump internet is good at pouncing in the gap. We know this. The Covington story has become a really sticky example of all of that at work. Dana Lose. Right off the bat, you disingenuously frame this as online supporters of Trump. As a subtle way to diminish the gravity of the media's error. Grown adult targeting children with lies, contradictions by video. Yeah, that's going to tick a lot of people off, and not just Trump supporters. Razor, hail Razor, type one each. A vile story spread, all on its own. Passive voice. Oh, and amplified by MSM and Cred, Cred dies in the dark WAPO, who got it very wrong by relaying Phillips' claim without checking backgrounds and calling him a Vietnam vet, without doing any research. But please do go run what the GOP pounces. HuffPo. Representative Akeem Jeffries called Donald Trump the Grand Wizard of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue at a Martin Luther King Day celebration that turned into an anti-Trump slugfest. Mainstream media never touched that. Kevin Aldred, Beyonce professor. White people really are terrorists. Whiteness is terrorism. He gets an article. Reuters editor demanding teenagers' backgrounds be investigated. Hit and run blog. The media wildly mischaracterizes that video of a Covington Catholic student confronting a Native American veteran. Journalists who uncritically accepted Phillip's story got this completely wrong. You're going out there in San Jose. Oh, hey. That's from Fox, right? No. Daily Caller? No. Reasons. Reasons. They. They came up with it. They said, hey, what the fuck? What the fuck, over? You you actually... Are wrong. You're totally wrong. WAPO. With all the scrutiny on Phyllis' military record, he has now been victimized twice, says a friend of his. That's an article ran after we found out he's a liar. 
Was there an article? Hey, we're wrong. Those poor kids got vilified for nothing. No, there's no WAPO article for that. Jim Hansen, you should be embarrassed for trying to cover for this dirtbag. He lied about what happened to the Lincoln Memorial and has blatantly misled people to become believe he was a Vietnam vet and the story about Recon Ranger was a lamest BS. Come on, man. He's a stolen valor. But he's an ally, so he's better than a mega hat wearing kid. Snopes. That's why I don't use Snopes. That label did not, as far as we can tell, originate with Nathan Phillips himself, that he's a Vietnam vet. The entire world threw out videos. Multiple articles were out there on Twitter. Nathan Phillips in 2018 video falsely claims I'm a Vietnam vet. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's okay. No Bortaski. White children are everywhere, but their whiteness is too often invisible and unspoken. That's an NBC article. In it, this past October, my son and his classmates lobbied their small private school to change the official holiday of Columbus Day to Native People Day. My son wrote a short letter to the faculty explaining why they shouldn't celebrate white imperialism and that the naive people, the Native people, were too often ignored or erased or pushed to the side in the discussion of American history. Some parents didn't like the change, but the teachers and administration were supportive because they're all lived, and they changed the name. As you'd imagine, my wife and I were very proud. We'd hope to teach our son anti-racism, brainwash him into Prague religion, and we did a good job. And here he was doing an anti-racism activism on his own small way. We were glad we sent him to a school that encouraged kids to speak up and was open to change. At the same time, though, the school is privately school, private school. Sending kids to private school is an option you only have. You have a certain amount of money in paying for him to go to school, and then he derides into, oh, I'm a horrible human being because I'm white and I have money. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what he did. That's what he did. Because, you know, hey, money and shit. You're white. You can send your kids to private schools. I mean, what the fucking fuck? New York Times goes easy on racist black Israelites, less alarming than white guy in hat. New York Times profile Thursday, Hebrew Israeli Israelites see divine intervention in Lincoln Memorial confrontation. They got an interview at New York Times. Yeah. Ellington offered some criticism in the middle of the story between a bizarre sandwich of admiration at the beginning and the end. He began with a strange new liberal respect for aggressive preaching. They are sidewalk ministers who use confrontation as their gospel. Hebrew Israeliites, Israelites, sorry, I can never say that word, practice a theology that says God's chosen ones, black, Hispanic, and Native American people, have strayed and need to be led to righteousness. So they post up on a street corner in big cities, usually in predominantly black communities, wearing flashy garb, purple shirts, or black robes, for instance. They shout, use blunt and sometimes offensive language, and gamely engage in arguments aimed at drawing listeners near. The fringe theology landed in the national spotlight, of course, because of the goddamn video. For the Hebrew Israelites, it was divine opportunity. Only the approach by the group quickly rushed by, though they have been named, checked by Kendrick Lamar in a rap called Yeah... They have also been denounced by others as a hate group. Provocation is their outreach method, and they provoke. 
in their interaction with the Catholic students seemed like an expression of bigotry towards white people. Some of their most vile language is reserved for black people in the community where they preach. So it's bad, but you know you should see it's worse for black people. So it makes it okay. Whatever tensions are sparked by Hebrew Israelites teaching, some adherents chalk that up to people being unwilling to accept uncomfortable doctrine. Ellerton noted that the SPLC categorized the Hebrew Israelite group as a hate group, but still managed to blame Trump for the behavior. The number of black nationalist groups that have increasing in their response to President Trump, so their bad deeds are all because of Trump or something. Even though their style might be intimidating, Ms. Beekrick said the Hebrew Israelites did not have a history of violence. He then blamed the kids. To many black people, Hebrew Israelites are harmless part of the community, said Todd Boyd, professor of race and pop culture at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, one of many cities where the group can be seen working the streets. More alarming to many African Americans, he said, is seeing a white guy in a mega hat. Demonstrated by the root. While most people condemn the Covington Catholic State Champion Junior Varsity White Supremacist Squad, we totally understand what it actually was. A historical reenactment. Thank you, Covington Catholic. Thank you for showing that any person of color in America has ever protested has faced this kind of scorn. Thank you for showing that white boy intimidating others is a long-standing American tradition. But most of all, thank you for reminding America that there's one untouchable, unassailable thing in this country. White boys. And whether it's Trump, Kavanaugh, or a bushel of high school Klansmen in training, if anyone ever made the mistake of blaming them for their black-hearted hate, they will be forced to apologize. God bless the National Championship White Supremacist Squad for Covington Catholic High School for giving us this much-needed history lesson. And may God bless the still-racist, always-great-past-present-and-future white boys of the United States of America. They just doubled down. This was all after it's been proved false. All after it was proved false. Doesn't matter. Those white boys are bad. Just yesterday, WAPO, the face-off between Catholic school teens and Native American elders, a reminder of 500 years of conflict with Native Americans. Because they... Still want to make it work. We we got to make that shit work, man. We we got to make it work. The Guardian got involved. Watched a lot of Fox News for this. Please clap. Okay, so what is the parallel reality that conservatives created? He's saying. On Wednesday morning, Nicholas Sandman got almost nine minutes of airtime on a national breakfast program to make his case after his family hired a public Republican PR firm. Which, once again, Stoneman Douglas, they're our allies. They can have PR firms. CNN was their PR firm. Video showing them getting pointers in an alley. But white kids who are pro-life, fuck those motherfuckers. And making this happen, conservative media have normalized the boys' aggression form, aggressive form of political expression. Standing and smirking is an aggressive form of political expression. Okay. And tried to further discredit both fact-oriented media and high-profile liberals who were all wrong. Sorry about that. Media outlets have been effectively gaslighted and many climbed down for the coverage, which was based on the most clear and obvious interpretation of the boys chanting, making gestures, and making tomahawk chops. 
What it tells us is that 2019, conservative understand, they construct a parallel reality and have it accepted. They can act in bad faith and prevail using tried and tested tactics that liberal media continue to fall for. Pasta Steve. Incredible piece. And the fact it ignores the racist abuse aimed by black activists, the taunts by Phillips groups as they approach the boys, the obvious falsehoods in Phillips' original report that all areas of the media completely bought. How can you be so one-sided? The left would never spread in disinformation and try to manipulate narratives with the help of a PR company like Christian Ford did. You declared a jihad against a child for doing nothing illegal, and now you're outraged that he dared defend himself against the accusations. Holy shit, this piece is something. Jason takes zero responsibility for left-wing media failings and says, conservative, conservative media have normalized the boys' aggressive form of political expression and tried to further discredit both fact-oriented media and high-profile liberals. C.J. Pearson, who's now gotten death threats, we're getting new submissions every 30 seconds. Every member of the media who demeaned, defamed, slandered, and doxed the Covington boys on Twitter will be served. Each and every tweet will be archived and turned over to Students' Legal Council. He's a black man. He was called Uncle Tom. What also came back? I'm a New York Times reporter writing about exposed Christian schools. Are you in your 20s or younger who went to Christian school? I'd like to hear about your experience and impact on life. Please DM me. It was yesterday. Yesterday. Still pushing. Still. Still. They're still, they're still trying to make it work. They're still trying to make this shit stick. The truth isn't there. It's false. Then you got Kristen Powers, CNN, who has now deleted her Twitter account. And the Hill did an article about that because conservatives are so bad. I second this, and I call BS on my idea that they just burst into cheers randomly. If they were at a pro-life march and someone was speaking, would they break into cheers to counter? No, because it's disrespectful. Nathan Phillips says they chanted, build the wall. It's not clear from the video that they chanted, so can't prove that they weren't, though. They can say they didn't. Amazing how many people automatically take the word of a high school boys over a Vietnam vet and elder. The boy who was sneering and standing close to staring Phillips down was clearly being disrespectful. Even if the claim that he was just enjoying the music it was true and wouldn't make his behavior respectful. Interesting to note that when a white Vietnam vet was ridiculed on SNL, the right went on a justified tear. When it's an indigenous elder, they fall all over themselves to justify the bad behavior. Then later, how did this not make it in the New York Times story? It's right here in the video. Or the white woman yelling at the boys for being a mob. Or the way the kid is laughing at Nathan Phillips before he blocks him. Doesn't match his statement at all. She continued down the rabbit hole. It fit her agenda. So it didn't matter when all the truth showed. None of this was true. It was all a lie. Twitter suspended the group that made it viral. They know it's a lie. 
The Kristen Powers? No, I need this. Anna Navarro, I need this. It gives me great ammo for fucking Trump's a piece of shit and he's making all kids racist. There were articles on what Dan Rather wanted. The young men trying to intimidate Native American veteran Nathan Phillips rightly outraged. But who taught them the chance, fostered the intolerance, stirred up racial division for political gain? Adults and political leaders hold the greatest responsibility for our times. History has taught us over and over how easy it is to use hate of the other as an organizing principle for mob rule. In these images of today, we see the echoes of the civil rights era and other moments in American history of persecution, harassment, and violence. We're repulsed by smug privilege in the face of pain, a lack of empathy in young people, symptoms of a much deeper, rot-stretching blacks back centuries. But history also shows the chorus of the complicit can be vanquished by the heroic actions of those who will not be silent. All of it? A lie. not a Vietnam vet. He's an instigator. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know the amazing thing about this? Antifa. What they have done to people doesn't outrage our media. All the videos that I play on here of mega hat wearing teens in high school getting curb stomped. Old people getting pulled out of the cars and curb stomped. That doesn't outrage the media. Because they believe in Trump. So they must be persecuted for being evil because we don't like Trump. Derek Hunter. Turns out the Native American elder is a liar as part of a racist mob trying to create a story about kids wearing manga hats. CNN knows the story is a lie. That the full video shows a true story. Yet they tweeted this two hours ago. Twitter suspends account that helped ignite controversy over viral encounter. Where was the article at, you ask? CNN Business. They didn't put it in politics. They hit it. Anna Navarro. This was on the 23rd. It's all over. Everybody knows it's all over. Nobody's born racist. Bigotry is learned from parents, teachers, society, and leaders. So yes, I sure as hell think Trump's racist comments and constant dog whistles have continued to make ass wipes great again. It is why we must condemn racism everywhere and every time we see it. Amy Skinked. And to give some broader context of this school, these boys were in D.C. for an anti-abortion march. And this... They have tried to bring out two stories. One we talked about last time, a, a blackface. And the blackface is school spirit. It's no different than anything else. Their entire body is planted in black because that's their school colors. And they have numbers on it or sayings and letters just like every other school in the country. The picture they actually showed, there's a black kid painted in black. Then they try to push a gay kid was not allowed to speak because he's gay. Truth is, the school puts out to protect themselves. No, he's not even from Covington. He's from a different school. And he failed to submit his speech to the diocese in the prescribed time to speak. Every school does that. Not just 
evil Christian schools, they have to go over your speech. Kids aren't allowed just to get up there and say, fuck all you people who voted for Trump. That's not a thing. They don't want the bullshit. They just want the graduation to get over. Reload with another kid. So NBC scores this. Right off the bat, I want to tell you, I don't know why his parents let him do this. I wouldn't have trusted anybody but Fox. And you could say that's bias or, oh, I thought you don't watch Fox. That would be the only place I'll let my kid go. Because if you put him on CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, he's going to get pushed to say he was wrong, that he's a racist, that Nathan Phillips is the greatest human being he's ever met in his life. And he's a sorry sack of shit for not bowing down to the Native American fake fucking soldier, fake fucking instigator, dickweed. But he didn't. So here's the interview and how it played. Of interview with Nicholas Sandman, the Kentucky high school student at the center of this now infamous encounter with a Native American elder. Over the past few days, NBC News has sat down with Nathan Phillips three times and heard his side of the story. And now, for the first time, the 16-year-old is saying what he saw. Do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault? in any way as far as standing there i had every right to do so i don't i my position is that i was not disrespectful to mr phillips i respect him i'd like to talk to him i mean in hindsight i wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing but i can't say that i'm sorry for listening to him and standing there This morning, 16-year-old Nick Sandman standing by his actions in this moment gone viral. The junior at Kentucky's Covington Catholic High School now the face of this Lincoln Memorial confrontation with Native American elder Nathan Phillips. And what's it been like to be at the center of the storm? Well, I've been, it's weird to see your face on television. I've been reading a lot. uh, And, you know, I've also been getting a lot of messages from people, both support and all. A lot of hateful things. Sandman and dozens of his classmates had just finished attending an anti-abortion March for Life rally when they converged with five Hebrew Israelites, a radical movement that is growing more militant, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. They started shouting a bunch of, you know, homophobic, racist, uh, derogatory comments at us. What kinds of things did you hear them say? I heard them call us incest kids, bigots, racists. Uh, they call us a bunch of in- incest babies, a bunch of child molesting. Did you feel threatened at all? I definitely felt threatened. There were more of you than them, but you felt like they were stronger. They were a group of adults, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. It's unclear from the videos who actually started the confrontation. Each side believes it was the first to be taunted. Sandman says his chaperone gave students permission to shout school chants, an attempt, he says, to drown out the Hebrew Israelites. Do you think it was a good idea to start chanting back at the protesters? In hindsight, I wish we had just found another spot to wait for our buses. But uh, at the time, 
being positive seemed better than letting them slander us with all of these things. So I wish we could have walked away. Did anyone shout any insults back or any racial slurs back at the group? Uh, we're a Catholic school and it's not tolerated. We're, they don't tolerate racism and none of my classmates are racist people. Did anyone say build the wall? I never heard anyone say build the wall and um, I don't think I've seen it in any videos. After a review of the videos, NBC News could not hear anyone shouting that hot button phrase. But Nathan Phillips claims he heard the teen shout, build the wall. Oh yeah, I heard that. Phillips was with a group of Native Americans coming from an indigenous people's march when he can be seen walking between the students and the protesters. I intervened and things just escalated from there. Phillips says he was trying to defuse the tense situation. Sandman says he was confused about Phillips's motives and why he was there. At first we were unsure of whether he was trying to join in and drum to the, our chance or what he was doing. Did you feel like he was trying to get somewhere else to go toward the Lincoln Memorial? I'm not sure where he wanted to go and if he wanted to walk past me I would have let him go. In that moment he's looking at you, you're looking at him. What's going through your mind? I wanted the situation to die down and uh, I just wish she would have walked away but I knew as long as I kept my composure and didn't do anything that he might perceive as aggressive or elevation of the conflict that um, it would hopefully die. Why didn't you walk away? Well, now I wish I would have walked away. I didn't want to be disrespectful to Mr. Phillips and walk away if he was trying to talk to me, but um, I was certainly, I was surrounded by a lot of people I didn't know that had their phones out, had cameras, and. I didn't want to bump into anyone or seem like I was trying to do something. The center of the firestorm, what critics characterize as a smirk on Sandman's face. Some saying it was an attempt to stare down Phillips. What do you think that looks like? I see it as a smile saying that this is the best you're going to get out of me. You won't get any further reaction of aggression. And I'm willing to stand here as long as you want to hit this drum in my face. What some people see is a young kid with a smirk on his face. Mm -hmm. What would you say for people who see that and are making a judgment about who you are? Well, people have judged me based off one expression, which I wasn't smirking, but people have assumed that's what I have. And they've gone from there to titling me and labeling me as a racist person, someone that's disrespectful to adults, which They've had to assume so many things to get there without consulting anyone that can give them the opposite story. If you looked at that video and thought about how it felt from the, the other's perspective, in other words, there were a lot of you, a handful of the others, do you think they might have felt threatened by a bunch of young men kind of beating their chests? I mean, I certainly hope they didn't feel threatened by us. Uh, I would just say that the fact remains that they initiated uh, their comments with us and uh, I mean they provoked us into a peaceful response of school spirit.
Sandman says he didn't see other students performing what appears to be a tomahawk chop. There's something aggressive about standing there, standing your ground. You both stood your ground. And it was like a stare down. What do you think of that now when you think about that moment? Oh, I would say Mr. Phillips had his right to come up to me. I had my right to stay there. Um, our school uh, was slandered by the African-Americans who had called us all sorts of things. As for those red Make America Great Again hats that some students were wearing, Sandman says he bought his that day from a street vendor in Washington. Do you think if you weren't wearing that hat, this might not have happened or it might have been different? That's possible, but I would have to assume what Mr. Phillips was thinking, and I'd rather let him speak for why he came up to us. The conflict has caught the president's attention. He tweeted that Sandman and his classmates were treated unfairly and have become symbols of fake news. Sandman says he's appreciative of the president's tweets, but all the attention has taken a toll. What's this been like for you and for your family? It's been terrible. People have threatened our lives. Sandman says he doesn't want to live his life in fear, and he now hopes to come out of this with a deeper understanding of others. I have the utmost respect for Mr. Phillips. It's another person that freely uses First Amendment right, and I want to thank him for his military service as well, and I'd certainly like to speak with him. Grant, you weren't even at the rally, uh, but you did appear in the video yesterday uh, defending your school and the people in that video. Since then, uh, even you have wound up being doxxed and threatened. Doxxed means uh, your private information released online. How scary have these threats been to you and the other students? Because after all, yesterday the cops suggested to the school that they not even open. Uh, yes, I was doxxed three separate occasions before we posted that video and the threats they've been horrible I've never heard such cruel things wished upon another human being it ranges from getting locked inside a building and burned alive to sexually assaulted by the clergy members it's it's just awful so on the back side of that was another kid that was there he was on Fox and he spoke with his parent about what's happened to him, how they've been doxxed, his father's been threatened for his job. I go, man, that's just crazy. And so I stroll over to Savannah Guthrie. This was the pre-tweet. We're going to have this tomorrow. I'm going to read these people's names. And I want you just to put this in the frame of reference. If somebody said this about a black kid, a Latino kid. Stoneman Douglas kids. What happens to them? A, it makes the news. B, they get banned off Twitter. But this is all still there. And this is what they said. Cecilia Gonzalez. I do not watch the Today Show, but will most certainly encourage others not to watch. This kid can spin in all he wants. He was be was being a disrespectful bully racist. This kid needs to go back to the mountains. Jaina Lynn Sanchez. What kind of school sends her kids on a field trip to protest women's reproductive rights wearing a mega hat? And then escalates a protest by having them chant. The whole story is BS. 
Eric Garland. Do you think Pepe the Frog is available for Thursday's show? Can Dylan Roof do a segment from prison heart-to-heart with some fentanyl traffickers? That's a real thing. That That's a real tweet about a 17-year-old kid who nervously smiled because he didn't know what to do with the dude pounding a drum in his face. Claremont Institute. This is a side note. American Mindset, on the subject of the last incident obsession with salmon, the kid in question, however, was part of a a cursed white race that has wrought unspeakable evils on humanity. He was a male and thus complicit in the patriarchal structure of oppression that subjugates women. He was an embodiment of power and privilege. The hysterical reaction to the first video points ultimately to an unsettling conclusion. Standing in silence with a smile before a person of color, or presumably a member of another aggrieved, oppressed identity group, is now a crime for deplorable white males of age. Amy Skinkin calls for a boycott of both Guthrie and her show. Hey everyone, if we can organize boycott and Trump's Oval Office address, which is why Nancy Pelosi did it, we can certainly orchestrate boycott of today's show in Savannah for at least a week. Who's in? Far left outlet Splinter News wrote admonishing of Sandman's journey of lucrative victimhood. White teenage boy always gets sympathy in America. Guthrie likely won't ask, why shouldn't we believe what we all saw with our own eyes? This is all after it's been proved false. Remember that. The official position now is that what we saw with our own eyes was wrong. Will anyone on the opposite side of the story, Nathan Phillips for instance, be interviewed? I guess we'll find out. But Nick Salmon's journey of lucrative victimhood is now well on its way. He will be a star at every Republican gathering for the next five years. He'll probably meet the president. He's set for life. Another great American story. Because once again, if you're white, if you're Christian, if you wear a mega hat, just like Kavanaugh, you do not have a right to defend yourself. You do not have a right to be asked questions of what your side of the story is because your side of the story doesn't matter. You're a piece of shit. You are not part of the progressive religion. So do right, do process. Fuck all that shit. Fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck your family. Fuck your God. Fuck everything. I, I'm not making that up. I just have to read some more tweets. Sleeping Giants. And any other time, this young man would likely be suspended for school for disrespect. You people put him on TV. You know, Stoneman Douglas comes in mind. They were on CNN every day for a month. They got their own town hall. They told an adult she's a witch, shouldn't have children, got blood in her hands, and screamed, burn the witch. Sleeping Giants didn't have a problem with that. He's a verified account. These are verified accounts. These are liberal thinkers. I just didn't grab randos. Sorry, I'm drinking a smoothie. I'm starving this morning. I'm on this high-profile diet. That's I'm less more or more angry on the show because I'm starving. Lens. The Covenant Catholic boys harassed my friend I before the incident with Nathan Phillips even happened. I'm tired of reading things saying they're provoked by anyone else, rather 
uh, excuse me, anyone else other than their own egos and ignorance. That video is some girl walking past a group of people somewhere in Washington, and they say, you keep dressing like that, you're going to be raped. There's no pictures of the Covington boys. Nobody's corroborated it. The media tried to run with it for a bit, and then they dropped it because they realized she was trying to piggyback off this shit and get some liberal love. Because liberal kids know, goddamn, if I can somehow be in a school shooting and go pro-fucking-lib, I will be a superstar. I'll get free college. I'll get on CNN a hundred times. This will be great. So school shootings, can't really predict that shit, but I can jump on this protest. Woohoo! Ben Collins. I'm with Ben. Also ask how much of the statement he wrote. Because now, once again, liberal kids can have people write their statements. You know Hogg's entire speech at the bullshit march they did down in Florida. He didn't write that shit. Somebody in the lib establishment did. Even told him to do the stupid Hitler pose. His hand up in the air. The Saturday Night Live pose. Diamond Dallin Mange. You know how I felt after watching the whole video? Like those kids are still genuine. Dick Stain monsters. And that the world would be a better place if their parents... Their parents weren't born. Marissa Cabas. So who's doing the comp- comp- companion interview with Nathan Phillips? He got a whole nother day. He got before it. He got after it. But these people, they don't want to hear from the other side. When was the last time an indigenous person had a one-on-one sit-down? Again. Kevin Cruz. Uh, finally, the media is moving on from Trump voters in the heartland to children of Trump voters in the heartland. Great work, everyone. Congrats. Sarcasm. You you don't have a voice. You're not a liberal from New York. You're a piece of shit. Highland Fashionista. Yeah, thanks so much for your part in continued normalization of white privilege and the lack of accountability for bad behavior. Nobody save for the Kavanaugh's of the world want to hear from this little shit. We all know him. And a thousands other just like him. Badly played, NBC. Brooke Brindiskowski. Yeah, today's show. Why you're not interviewing Phillips? Nacho Nacho. I struggle to imagine anyone whose story needs to be heard less. Benjamin Simone. I love the Today Show. If this ends up being a puff piece and you don't confront him about his actions, I'm done. Michael Bott. What actions are you referring to? Smiling? The amount of garbage people attacking high schoolers is gross? He got attacked. It was a whole sub-thread. I didn't copy it. Carolyn Orr, given that the Covington High School student think that they're mature enough to understand pregnancy, abortion, childbirth, and parenting, and to tell women what they need to do with their bodies, it'd be great if the media would stop coddling them and treating them like little boys. Do you remember the defense of Hogg? He's a kid. How dare you attack a kid? Do we remember that? That shit was like a year ago. Now, Sandman, he needs to die. Is okay. It's acceptable. Michael Bott, yes, destroy their lives because they have a different worldview than you. You seem like a kind of accepting individual. He was crushed. Side thread didn't copy. Will you have PJ Tobin and Squeon to vouch for his character? 
We expect full and complete disclosure of any parameters placed on this interview. Limitations on questions, interventions by Salmon's parents, PR team, segment unaired and reasoning, efforts made to corroborate claims, plans to air opposing perspectives. The Horse Whisperer. Tony Puskowski sounds awesome. Will you be digging up Hitler's corpse for a fun dialogue on Thursday as well, Savannah? She got death threats for this. You understand that? Death threats for doing an interview with Sandman. But we're talking about Trump and white privilege and red hats. Okay. Charles Johnson. Everyone should be aware that the kid is being heavily promoted by a PR firm. Sam Haft will be reading his public press release on air verbatim. Oh, will you be paraphrasing? Eric Schmitzer, I would say it's incumbent on you to let your viewers, he has a PR firm. Rogue Advisor, when is your interview with Phillips? Anna Maltese. Or, and just hear me out here, you could instead not air it and dedicate tomorrow's episode to explaining some of the ways that systematic racism, sexism, and poison our nation's discourse. Resist Sandy. Thanks, Sandy. I was literally going to say this. Congrats on your promotion to Megan Kelly. There are thousands I stopped. I, I was just in shock. A, it's allowed to be on Twitter. B, NBC condones it. But more importantly, no wonder why I stopped watching NBC. You know, I thought it was me. People would say, well, you just want to watch Fox, but I don't watch Fox. But I used to watch the Today Show every morning. I used to watch NBC Nightly News. But somewhere in the middle of Obama's administration, they said, we're going to go so far fucking left that we're just going to hug the fucking edge of the planet. And I couldn't watch it anymore. And I I also want to say... I would love to copy and paste this and send this to Chuck Todd if he didn't block the world. Because we fixed liberal bias. If that is the majority of your comments, the majority of people who watch your show are that far left, what does it say about your reporting? That's not by coincidence. They watch you because you are selling them the fucking Kool-Aid they want. They want that Kool-Aid. Whitewashing white supremacy. Media rushes to excuse Cavington Catholic students. This was a WAPO article. Long not reading it. They demean anybody who chose to go back and not actually... What was my point? Oh, they, they went back and deleted their Twitter. Sorry, I, just, I was reading something else. They, they went back and, and they deleted their comment... Or they altered their comment. They're crushed. They're pieces of shit now. You didn't stick with the agenda. The agenda, the Prague religion, said, On the day after the Sabbath, we shall demean children of other opposing views who wear hats of racist colors. And regardless of factual evidence, our Lord Barack Obama saith, demean the white people. It was already written. But before we go into a Covington protest and a sexual assault at the Women's March that actually happened, a male reporter was groped because she was being Trump to all men, and that was okay, I guess. Every article that every news source did had this correction. 
This piece has been updated to reflect a correction issued by the Washington Post clarifying that Phillips was never deployed to Vietnam, though he served in the U.S. Marines from 72 to 76. Doesn't it change it all? Doesn't it show the credibility of witness? If this was a Republican saying a bunch of liberal Black Lives Matter people, the moment they found out he lied about a service, that would be it. They would drop him like a bad habit if they even covered it. Because they don't. But no, no. We're just going to put a little correction there. They have done corrections to every one of their fucking stories. Further video evidence shows that uh, the Covington students did not accost him. Further evidence shows that the black Israelites were present and they were saying horrible shit. But they just left the stories. And now I know why. NBC. It's a goddamn mob. They're scared. They're scared of losing all their business if they even change their mind on something. Because once this liberal mob has got their... They're hackles up, man. you got to go with what they want. I mean, Nancy Pelosi. Here's the State of the Union. The letter was delivered. The mob said, fuck no. The Women's March said, you better not compromise. She withdrew it. Who's extreme now? I thought the Tea Party was extreme, and all conservatives were extreme, and... They don't care about the people. They're not governing. They don't know how to govern. They just go to their far base. Didn't we talk about all this shit? Here's some facts before we close out and move to a different subject. But first, here's some protesters. Yeah. Media didn't cover this. Thought that was interesting. We're willing to do this every month until the Archdiocese opens a dialogue with us about holding the students accountable, holding the staff accountable, holding the principal accountable, holding the superintendent accountable. Everybody needs to be held accountable, and they need to teach these children the truth. That's right. So, what does the accountability look like to you? Do you want to see the kids expelled? I want to or? see the chaperones fired. I want to see the students. I would like to see them expelled. A minor, I don't, I yeah. think, I think the instance in itself could be considered a minor issue. As so if our president can grab a woman by the pussy, I can grab you by the balls. She just grabbed my dick. Is that sexual assault? No, Is that sexual assault? Yes. So you just sexually assaulted me? I did assault so you. So you be arrested? Arrest me. Well, I'm not going to arrest you. There are police officers right here. But So hey. look at this. Women have so much privilege, she can sexually assault me and get away with it. If I did that to her, I'd get arrested. Native American at center mega student incident is history of claiming racism, disrespect, and it breaks down everything. 2015, uh, Eastern Michigan, he approached some kids. He said they came back to him and said, he said they said go back to the reservation. It's the opposite. He went to them. They never said it. It was disproved. Another one, he's on a college campus. He sees some kids with some uh, dressed up for Halloween or some function, he approaches them, says they're disrespectful, they're respectful to him, he made a big deal. Other article, Nathan Phillips lied, the media bought it, breaks down other things this kid's done over his lifetime. He's just a liar, he's a harasser, he's an extremist, but he's an ally, so that makes him a good dude. Slate, after all revealed, this is after everything, the incident at the Lincoln Memorial was more com- complicated than it initially seemed, but new footage doesn't exonerate kids 
and the red cap. That is from yesterday. Not reading it. I plan on reading it. I, I just can't. I can't read it. I can't read this shit. These people, Jesus fuck Christ, even on the end of their shit. Uh, correction. This post originally misstated the frequency of indigenous people march. This year event was the very first. It's not even a thing. Not even a thing. They just threw it there on the March for Life Day. Okay. Another correction. The post originally misstated Nathan Phillips was a Vietnam veteran. Eh, he never served. What does that say about your article? Jamie Lee Curtis uh, did a huge, nasty, ugly, and then she did a huge, nasty. Uh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I'm not going to kill her on that. S.E. Cup. Hey, guys, seen all the additional videos now and 100% regret reacting too quickly to the Covington story. I wish it had further picture before weighing in, and I'm truly sorry. Yeah, about that. Bethany S. Mandel. Between the Kavanaugh debacle debacle and now what happened with these mega boys there's a lot of nervous boys moms and dads out there if they can and will seek to destroy these guys they'll come after yours molly hemingway reflectively joining an uninformed mob going after teenagers mere hours after failing on the buzzfeed evidence-free story takes real critical thinking prowess congrats to those of you who had this twofer. Nathan, uh, some chick named Heather. Nathan Phillips claims contradicted by multiple videos are true because he's elderly and Native American. Nick Sandman's statement confirmed by multiple villains videos is a lie because he had a mega hat and smirked. What an incredibly stupid time to be alive. To go with the usual fucking third rail I like to pound on here. Fake story by CNN. The first story they put out had 450,000 views. This is on Twitter. Their correction, 4,500. It's 10 to 1. I've always said it. It's 10 to 1. They don't want the truth. The truth just gets in the way of an agenda, don't you know? Tim Poole. How many major outlets did zero research of the mega kid incidents? How many outlets actually tried to get a statement from the kids? How many media personalities encourage violence? We have a serious media problem in this country. And yes, we do. That shit, that's why I play Cuomo up front. We have a major problem. They are so quick to bash conservatives. They don't even research. Buck Sexton. If true journalism is a hyper-partisan mainstream media has become an exercise for running propaganda pieces under the guise of objectivity, early stage reporting, what we are seeing is the weaponization of speculation that should be called out and stopped. Razor Hale gets two back-to-backs because he is just the man. We hate the coveting kids because he was an aggressor, wiped out. He is a white male privilege, wiped out. We're triggered by his no way to smirk, uh, his hat... He thinks differently, is not wiped out. Because that's what it is. His second tweet, For years we heard deep, profound concern about the backlash against groups because of their different beliefs. Now we're at the point where targeting harassment of a group of people for the choice of headwear. It's not only acceptable, but encouraged. 
He's right. Just this week, this last week, attack on Pence for working Mrs. Pence, attack on Shapiro, attack on these kids. They're still pushing in the New York Times. I just read it, exposed Christian schools. You know, Bill O'Reilly used to get crushed for saying there was a cultural war. The left is one, most of it, but they're still attacking. It will become, in 2020, if there's a Democratic president, and God forbid, they gain more control of the House and they win the Senate. I heard Ben Shapiro on his radio show because I started listening to it. <clears throat> you're not going to be able to say you're a Christian. You're not going to be able to do it. Christianity will be the only religion you won't be able to claim you are. They they want them out. Knights of Columbus. We we played it three or four times on the show. Two sitting fucking representatives. Anybody who's part of it cannot be in leadership. They can't be part of committees. They can't be judges. They can't be anything. Because they believe in God. And they're against abortion. Ryan Toller. I was at this game seven years ago. Seven. I'm showing the background of this image. It's called a blackout theme. We had school spirit. We do this every school, no matter the race or ethnicity. Stop trying to force a fake story to drive your false narrative. New York Daily News. They show that picture. It is still being pushed on Twitter. I know I talked about it. Still being pushed. The gay kid and the blackout theme where the entire body, not the face, is black because that's their school colors, with glowing numbers on it, which you've seen a million times at sporting events, and never thought it was racist. They're going to keep assaulting the school. As the 21st, they're having a non-stop protest of the school. Women's March Indiana promoted it, and this is their protest. Or a soundbite from it. People that are mascot supporters and that believe the gaslighting bullshit that's going on in trying to turn this story around and make it seem like our elder Nathan Phillips was the antagonizer, they have plenty. They can have their own rally. They can do their own thing because they're getting plenty of space time right now. This is our space time right now. This is our time. Uh, at our moment. And I want to make sure everybody knows that this doesn't have to be the one and only time. We can continue to organize this because this is not an isolated incident. This happens every day and gets no media attention. Okay, so we need to continue on this. We need to hold people accountable. Not just these students. Because there's a lot of students across this country that do the same thing. And because they have white privilege and entitlement, get away with doing it. Right? So, again... I want to remind people we can organize another one. And at the end of this, we're actually going to be sending a delegation to speak to the diocese. So stay tuned on that. We'll see how that goes, right? Anyways, I want to... I think this truly, that truly stems from the simple fact that Women's March was a failure. The March for Life was huge. The media didn't cover it. You had BuzzFeed. You had this. Man, it is just a lot of emotions on the left because they're losing on the protest thing now. Jeremy McClellan did something really good, then we're, we're just going to move on. We have now reached the bargaining phase of the five stages of grief that you share in Internet's hoax. 
which is when you pivot to smaller allegations and attempt to justify the original mob. The smartest ones drop truth altogether and pivot to the larger context. Examples include, well, they were wearing mega hats. And even if it didn't happen, it says a lot about racism in our culture. Key elements include suddenly switching to the passive voice and speaking poetically about the society. After all, Maggie New York Times isn't saying that the kids are racist against the American Indians. Of course not. She's merely placing the episode in a larger context, a Catholic genocide of American Indians. Now, if you come away from that thinking the kids are racist, that's on you. So he pointed them out. Anne Helen Peterson. I've watched all the videos. You can understand the situation was more complex than the first video and still recognize why the sight of the face caused a visceral reaction in so many. Because I guess you have to look at everybody who's on the left like you're looking at Obama. Oh, he has such a subtle mind. Yeah, that's O'Donnell. James Martin S.J., Another essential lesson which transcends whatever happens in Washington this weekend, an understanding of the appalling treatment that Native Americans have endured in our country. That lesson needs to be learned regardless of what you think of Covington. Because once again, Nathan Phillips has now been proven a fucking filthy liar, but we're evil white people because we came in the country and we live here. Okay. Jane Han Tompkins. Oh, he was diffusing racially charged situation in his racism hat, but got vilified, and he was marching against women's health in his sexism hat to help us. Jessica Koblenz, with all due respect to James Martin S.J., racism and toxic masculinity are not about what is inside the hearts of students or anyone. Racism and toxic masculinity are not about intentions. These are cultural and structural realities that often shaped our actions unconsciously. So unconsciously, he's a racist sexist. Because he doesn't believe babies should be killed on this planet just because you don't feel like being a mother today at the eighth month, third week. And because he voted for Trump. Hmm, okay. Molly W. O'Reilly, every person now claiming these MAGA hat teens are being fairly, unfairly judged as racist, is trying to consciously or not to place Trump gear and MAGA hats in a neutral category. You don't let your kids wear a MAGA hat and then act offended when they get taken for a racist. Somebody responded, it's freaking clothes. Holy hell, what is wrong with you? Alyssa Milano. This is after her op-ed moment. Let's not forget this entire event happened because a group of boys went on a school-sanctioned trip to protest against a woman's right to her own body and reproductive health care. It is not debatable that bigotry was at play from the start. Yes, it's their fault for support of life. The little monsters. Somebody tweeted her. Rick Rowe, regardless of the truth of what these teenagers did or did not do, sending a group of young people into emotionally charged marches and watched it as a school outing sounds like a really dumb decision by the school. Yes, you do not have the right, as a conservative child, to be politically active. You do not have the right to go to a pro-life march. You only have the right to go tell fucking congressmen they're baby murderers and anti-gun marches and say, my uterus, my choice, and flip off Trump Tower at a woman's march. Okay. Toddlers. 
or at women's marches. And they're used as a glowing example of what our future is as a country. Our forward-facing future. That was used a lot. Forward-facing. Kill babies until they're toddlers? Forward-facing. Don't ever vote for a Trump person, only Democrats? Forward-facing. Want to save babies? 1950s. Think conservatives should be in charge of the country? Racist. Okay. Mel C, maybe none of you have seen the video of them harassing the girl. Still trying to drag that shit out. Still. Josh Kroshauer. This sort of cultural brawl is why he was elected. After all, Coulter has convinced herself it was because of the wall. But no, it's because Trump is willing to grab the left in the headlock unapologetically whenever a nasty bar fight like this breaks out. He, because he's a blue check, went nice to this reply. You guys went after rodeo clowns, campus police officers, innocent gun owners, football fans, YouTube video makers, Christians with book clubs, World War II veterans, and bakers. Now it's the other team's turn. Sucks. I said, in addition, plumbers, cops, soldiers, murderers, Tea Party protests, all racist, even black ones. All Trump voters deplorable. Meme makers. They've done all that. And they stand on such shitty ground as I segue out. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee to step down as Congress Black Caucus Foundation Chairwoman and ex-staffer's lawsuit. Former staffer filed a lawsuit earlier this month claiming she was fired as retaliation for planned legal action related to alleged 2015 rape by a supervisor. Jackson Lee knew it. She didn't care. She didn't care. I highlight that because that's all the time. Me too. Liberal. Journalist. Hollywood. Not even using goddamn fucking workers' comp has been proven. The left talks about all these things, but they don't use these things. And then this week, AOC snaps. World could end in 12 years. Algorithms are racist. Hyper success is immoral. And I got the soundbite. And... I think that the part of it that is generational is that millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your, your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And like, this is the war. This is our World War Two. And I think for younger people, we're looking at this and we're like, how how are we saying let's take it easy Mm -hmm. when 3,000 Americans died last year? How Mm -hmm. are we saying let's take it easy when the nth person has just 
died from, from our cruel and unjust criminal justice system? How are we saying take it easy when the America that we're living in today is so dystopian with people sleeping in their cars so that they can work a second job without health care and we're told to settle down? I don't, it's a, it's a fundamental uh, separation between, mm. you know, the, that fierce urgency of now, the mm. why we can't wait mm-hmm. that King mm-hmm. spoke of, mm-hmm. um, that at some point these chronic realities do reach a breaking point. Mm-hmm. And I think for our generation, it, it's reached that. And I wish I didn't have to be, you know, doing every post, but sometimes I, I, I just feel like people aren't uh, being held accountable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. until we all start pitching in and mm-hmm. holding people accountable, I'm just going to let them have it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um... You look at, for example, Germany and how mm-hmm. they've been able or their attempts to try to, to heal after... Mm-hmm after the Holocaust Mm -hmm. and Germany paid reparations Mm -hmm. and they went through that process Mm -hmm. and they had that truth telling Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And until America tells the truth about Mm -hmm. itself, we are not going to heal. You look at, um, you know, IBM was creating uh, facial recognition technology mm. to target, uh, to, to do kind of crime profiling, or you see mm-hmm. over and over again, whether it's FaceTime, they always have these racial inequities that mm-hmm. get translated because algorithms are still made by human beings. Right. And those algorithms are still pegged to those two basic human assumptions. Right. They're just automated. Mm-hmm. And automated assumptions, it's like you're autom- if you don't fix the bias, then you're automating the bias. Mm. And that gets even more dangerous. Mm. You look at, um, you know, IBM was creating uh, facial recognition technology mm. to target, uh, to, to do kind of crime profiling, or you see mm-hmm. over and over again, whether it's FaceTime, they always have these racial inequities that mm-hmm. get translated because algorithms are still made by human beings. Right. And those algorithms are still pegged to those two basic human assumptions. Right. They're just automated. Mm-hmm. And automated assumptions, it's like you're autom- if you don't fix the bias, then you're automating the bias. Mm. And that gets even more dangerous. Mm. Now, I'm stealing this from Ben Shapiro, but this, I always thought, sounded like a skit on Saturday Night Live. And he used it, and here's just some of it. The girl you don't want to start a conversation with at a party. Oh, thank you. So are you excited about the holidays? Excited? I'm repulsed, Seth. All this commercialism around Christmas, it's an outrage. It's a tragedy. It's like, what are we even doing? And like, why? And like, don't. Now you really seem like you're in the Christmas spirit. You mean the Christmas spirit? Oh, right. You don't care about Jesus because you worship Hallmark. Oh, boy. You need to wake up and smell the music, Seth. That's these people. I swear to God. After her speech, some Canadian dude. Hello to everyone who makes $60,000 or more a year. You should pay more tax. And the fact that you don't condemns millions of your fellow citizens to unnecessary poverty. Have a nice day. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Okay. 
First and foremost, Ryan Savander covers it. Government should determine how well people live. Wants moral technology. People strive to highly successful is bad. A world that allows billionaires and moral. The world's going to end in 12 years. Nobody said that. Algorithms are racist. CNN, to support her, climate change will affect the ratio of male to female newborns. There's going to be more men. The patriarchy is going to be propagated by climate change. New York, the fight for 15 got taken in because Cuomo's a fucking extremist. Unexpectedly, New York City restaurants cut staff and workers hours due to new 15 minimum wage. 75% of all full-service restaurants to cut employee hours. 47 to eliminate jobs. 87 to raise prices. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. I mean, these people think she is the second coming of Christ. There are interviews or uh, polls saying they would vote for her for president. Liberals would vote for that idiot for president. Nothing she said she's researched, nothing she said is she even partially educated on She's just a guy, a gal like me on a podcast spouting things you believe. Not facts. Bono called her out her 70%. He's for world hunger and poverty and is this great philanthropist. He said, no, nobody should pay 70% tax. What are you going to do with all that money? We give the government a bunch of money. We give $546 million a year to Planned Parenthood to kill babies. Oh, no, it's walled off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get in those numbers in a few seconds. March for Life. Alyssa Milano. Going back to the theme that they are just pissed that their march went bad and their other one went right. Listen to this shit. There isn't a side in this debate that isn't pro-life. I'm pro-life. I'm also pro-choice. Those calling me an infant killer are anti-choice. Once again, your religious beliefs do not carry more weight than scientific facts and my physical autonomy. Matt Dowd. I feel the same, Alyssa. I'm pro-life and pro-choice. The best way and best way to reduce abortions is making contraception more available and fund women's health services. We already have free contraception. They don't use it. They don't use it. What, what, do you, what do you want people to do? David Heresy, I'm an atheist. Ending a human life for convenience isn't pro-life. In any sin, scientific or moral framework, your faith in politics has clouded your reason. He's dead on. Alexander DeSantis, you may call yourself whatever you wish if you can agree that your favor... You favor the right to kill a distinct human being simply because of its location and its inconvenience. David Limbaugh, I need to tell you both, neither science nor the English language are your friends here. Neither of them are. Pragmatator, pragmotema, whatever. These people never say what the scientific facts they're referring to are. Jesse Bridges, embryology clearly show that a conception of new, unique individual separate from the mother human being is created. That's science. Tom G., the scientific facts are not on your side. A fetus has a heartbeat at two weeks, and it's just as much a life as you and I. 
Everybody just dogs her. Just goes, just, just dogs her. We're not going to pass AVR. Most people form their political identities because of socialization, not ideology. I.e., lots of people are Republicans because they're born again. That means there are huge benefits to attaching a social stigma to being Republican. Most people will deflect rather than fight back. If there are people who open, openly identify as Republican in your circle, make it painful. Stop inviting them for drinks after work. Most people will choose fitting in over whatever the GOP means to them. And voila, the U.S. stops putting kids in cages. I had to cover that. It was on this thread. I mean, they, that's how they think. That That's exactly how they think. So, we're going to do some sound bites real quick, and then we're going to move on to our abortion section. Because that's what it is, Planned Parenthood. It's just abortion. Just killing babies. Uh... CNN losing it over Trump's speech, then still, still defending BuzzFeed. But every once in a while, there's good. There's going to be Jake Tapper pushing Gillibrand on the rhetoric of the left right now. So Trump is a racist because of his wall wishes, but you said that back in the day. And Tom Brokaw saying what every American thinks about AOC, Tlaib, Omar and all these new people. They're just running around. Why won't somebody get those kids off my lawn? To then a comedy break. We're going to play, what the hell are we going to play? The Gillette commercial. Here's another Gillette commercial parody that came out. And then we're going to go into the PPFA section, which is going to be very short, which will segue us right into news and social media nuggets. Did this get us any closer to ending the government shutdown? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, as we noted, uh, leading into the speech, Democrats knew what the uh, proposal was going to be. They found out about it in the last couple of hours, and it's really a non-starter. And, you know, the president did a couple of things there that, that I thought was, uh, was very inflammatory. One, continuing to call it a, a humanitarian crisis. I mean, there's certainly some problems on the border, but how he portrays it as, as a crisis uh, is uh, meant to instill fears uh, in Americans across the country. And he also said that if they built the border, okay, if this border wall went up, then some are saying that our crime in the United States could be cut by 50%. I mean, come on. I mean, that's just absolutely outrageous that um, he would say that. And it's more outrageous that anybody would actually believe him in saying that, Emma. In fact, it, when he started out his remarks, it almost sounded like a repeat of his Oval Office remarks that he had made uh, about a week plus ago. Brian, let me bring you in because it was complete even with the factual inaccuracies. Yes, in some cases he actually moved words around in the speech and said the sentences in a different order, but this was a repeat of the speech that was aired in prime time more than a week ago. And then the second part was new, this proposal about the shutdown. I think that's because, politically speaking, he has been losing on this shutdown. The polls have been very clear about that. Obviously, the real losers of this are Americans who have been affected. But politically speaking, he's been the loser. And so that's why the second half of the speech was about that. But the first half of the speech did repeat some of the same uh, misinformation and, and scaremongering tactics that we heard in prime time a week and a half ago. It's, it's what our colleague Chris Cuomo likes to call the brown menace narrative about immigration from Mexico. There was one new statistic the president used that was interesting. He said uh, that uh, the cost of drugs in our society is in excess of $700 billion dollars. It's a huge number, $700 billion. Well, NIH says that number is accurate, but that includes everything. 
tobacco, smoking, alcohol use. That's the cost of all those kinds of drugs that are obviously not flowing in from Mexico. So the president is using a statistic and distorting it in order to make people think the problem is even worse than it is. He also, once again, as Mark said, said that with a border wall, or now what he's calling a barrier, uh, that the drug entrance into the U.S., the amount of drugs flowing in, would be cut dramatically. We all know the government, the U.S. government, the DEA, says that's not true. Most drugs right now come in through the ports of entry, mostly smuggled in through cars and other means. So he's continuing to resort to those rhetorical tropes that are actually contradicted by his own government. Did anything you heard change your mind? It didn't change my mind, and it's not going to change the Democrats' minds. The fact of the matter is the government is shut down because Donald Trump went back on his original deal. The Senate passed an appropriations bill that did include border, that did include border security. It did not include money for his wall. When Donald Trump signaled that actually he changed his mind and now he wants money for the wall, the Republican-led House in 2018 decided not to take up the bill. When Democrats gained control of the House, Nancy Pelosi put the Republican Senate appropriations bill on the floor. It passed the House. Mitch McConnell won't take up the bill because President Trump is refusing to sign it. And so now, today, Donald Trump conspired with his vice president, Mike Pence, and Stephen Miller, and maybe three other Republicans on a compromise to fix a mess that he put us in. This is not a compromise. This is a bunch of things cobbled together that Donald Trump has previously spoken about and has never made good on. Democrats were not even involved in these conversations, so how is this a negotiation? This is stupid. I think the American people think this is dumb. If 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 Donald Trump was to have a conversation about real immigration reform, open the government. There are bills that have been passed. The, the, the House has voted nine times. I am frankly tired of this exercise of Donald Trump coming out and saying the same thing he said last week, and then we're all going to pretend as though he's saying something new. He shut the government down, and he and Mitch McConnell need to open that thing up. Let's go. Yeah, Peter, though, the, I think the bigger thing is, the entire media world, yeah. okay, and, and we can all say we did the if-trues and if-trues and we said we could not confirm and that's all true, but let's, you know, it was something that it, the entire media world was telling the public this, this is probably true yeah. by the way we covered this. Now look. Well, look, you know, BuzzFeed's gotten a lot of things right, you know, and so let's not forget that. They have had uh, a number of important scoops on this, and I think there was some, uh, you know, credibility, it seemed like, on the front end to what they were saying, but our people weren't able to confirm it the way it was reported, and I think that gave us, obviously, a, a lot of pause, and it should. The problem is, in the old days, you know, when one media organization's competitor got something wrong, you kind of would sit back and say, well, ha, ha, ha we didn't. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, it, it blow back on all of us. We all own all of the media, in effect. And anybody gets anything wrong, it's used as a weapon and a cudgel against all of us and against all of the thousands of other stories that Heidi just mentioned. I think the fact that the special counsel chose to correct this one says that they weren't troubled by the vast majority of those thousands of other stories and that a lot of the reporting has been, in fact, pretty right. The problem is the, problem is the fake news problem. Anytime, uh, anytime that somebody gets something so spectacularly wrong and everybody piles on, it furthers the narrative that this is yet another American institution that the people of our country can't trust. That's the problem with the BuzzFeed story. No, it is. And as we've got to remind people, though, there are people that want to exploit this. They want to see us be put this way, and they're just doing it for exploitation purposes. So let's not give them the ammunition. Anyway, thank you all for today.
Thank you for watching and trusting us. In this case, it doesn't mean what we are hearing in this does not mean that, w that we know that there won't in the future be corroborated evidence right. of Donald Trump having knowledge of mm -hmm. and in some way being part of what could be, could be, and right. I'm speculating, yeah. could be a conspiracy to suborn perjury. Yeah. That is a possibility. We don't know. Right. I will say two things. Because for full disclosure, Ben Smith is a personal friend of mm -hmm, mine. Mm -hmm. He is someone I know to be of the highest integrity. I think Mimi is right when she says that someone is telling BuzzFeed what they honestly believe to be the facts. Right. And that they have some credibility, but they may not have all of the facts they might not in be a direct close. sense. It could be like a game of telephone right. where you've heard some things and you don't get it quite right. Yeah. We, we can't take our eyes off the prize here. This is what liberals do. Something happens, there's some pushback, there's some nuance, and liberals go into this like backpedaling, like, oh my God, now how will the anti-vaxxers ever believe us? All right. You said uh, Trump's immigration positions are racist. That's, a, that's the word you use, racist. Now, as you know, uh, you were more conservative early on in your career on immigration. CNN's K-Files out with a new report this week on your 2008 campaign website and a mailer sent from your congressional office back then, a long time ago, but still in your, in your public life. Uh, take a look. You said you were a, quote, firm opponent of giving, quote, amnesty to illegal aliens, unquote. You said English should be, quote, the official language of the United States. You called for expediting deportation of undocumented immigrants. Now, I know you have very different positions today, but let me ask yeah. you, if Trump's immigration positions are racist, were they racist when you held some of those positions as well? They certainly weren't empathetic and they were not kind and I did not think about suffering in other people's lives. And one thing I did 10 years ago when I became senator and was going to represent 20 million people across our state, I recognized that a lot of places in my state were different and I needed to understand what those constituents needed too. And so I took the time. I went down uh, to Brooklyn. I met with Nidia Velasquez, who's been a leader in fighting for families for a long time. And I listened. And I realized that things I had said were wrong. I was not caring about others. I was not fighting for other people's kids the same way I was fighting for my own and I was wrong to, to feel that way. And so I just said I'm not going to I'm not going to stand by and do nothing for families that are suffering in my state and in my communities. So what's the difference though? Just help me understand between your previous positions which you characterize as wrong and not empathetic and President Trump's positions today that you call racist. So what President Trump is doing is creating fear and division and a darkness across this country that I've never seen before. One of the reasons I'm running for president, Jake, is because we have to restore that integrity uh, to our presidency, to this country. We have always been a compassionate country. We have always cared about others. We've always believed in the golden rule. And what President Trump is doing is destroying the moral fabric of what this country stands for. We have the Statue of Liberty in our New York Harbor. She stands for a beacon of light and hope for others who need us. It's a very troubling time. I think the Democrats are as much to blame right now as the Republicans are. They've got control of the House, but they're mostly just, yeah, 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 we're not going to do what you want to do. I haven't seen a grand plan. And you've got the young people running through the halls who are the new members of Congress who are conducting pep rallies every day instead of getting together with the more moderate people or the people from... Uh, the people from the Midwest who have won in Ohio and Wisconsin and Minnesota where they need to win again if they're going to get the control. But they're being driven hard by the left. Hey, look everybody. 
Our first shot is of a stoic black man. This guy is ashamed of himself for being white and a man. Look at this guy. He's about to cry. He's not only white and man, but he's also old. Disgusting. Is this the best a man can get? A soulless ginger? Gillette. We know that most of you men in America are unaware of this, so we at Gillette are here to educate you. Bullying is mean and bad. No, seriously though, bullying is really bad and mean. Okay, is this kid who's hugging his mom calling her a loser and saying everybody hates you? That's kind of mean, kid. I don't... And how do they not see these other kids running through their house? Do they just not care, or... I don't really understand what's happening here. Look at this sexist cartoon. We had to stage this because we couldn't find any archival footage of men harassing women, so we had to invent some. People partying is bad. Don't party. Look at these nerds watching TV. Here's more of that sitcom that never actually existed, and some people we hired to pretend to laugh at it. Speaking of douchey and evil, look at this guy! Look at him mansplaining all over the place. Disgusting. That's you men. That's all American men. We at Gillette, we don't like this. We're good people at Gillette. Look, another soulless ginger. This time he's fighting with his brother. Boys are so evil. They must have learned this from their toxically masculine fathers. Gillette disapproves of fathers. Gillette disapproves of gingers. They have no soul. Gillette disapproves of the term, boys will be boys. We think you use it to excuse everything, rapists. Look, everybody, the voice of reason, Anna Kasparian, from the Young Turks. She's not a batshit, crazy, radical feminist, we promise. Wow, this old white guy is getting so woke right now. And this ethnically ambiguous dude is already woke. Just look at him. Look how woke he is. This kid's also woke. He's probably gay. Black kid's woke. This is an ally. Never mind the fact that he's talking about being harassed himself and not women being harassed, but whatever. Smile, sweetie. Whoa. That fat white guy totally just told that girl to smile, sweetie. What an asshole. And then he was confronted by that heroic black guy. Wow, we at Gillette are so awesome. To act the right way. Whoa, more white guys being stopped from catcalling girls by black guys. This is so realistic. Real life footage of men being woke. Wow, look at this dad stopping his boys from fighting. That never happens in America in real life. We're so glad that we created this fiction for you to educate you men on how you should actually be. Did those other boys mess up your hair? Because that's pretty much all it looked like they did. My daddy just stopped those boys from messing up this boy's hair. He's a hero. Gillette does not approve of soulless gingers. Gillette, we virtue signal better than anybody. Gillette! Rid in the world of toxic masculinity. Everybody should vote Democrat. Gillette, Gillette, we're so awesome, buy our razors, don't go to Dollar Shave Club, Dollar Shave Club is toxically masculine, Gillette, we're the best, Gillette, is the best, Gillette, Gillette. Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reed.
York has a proud history of leading the way forward when it comes to women's equality. We led the women's suffrage movement at Seneca Falls and were the first call for women's equality. I submit that we have abortion on demand in the state of New York right now. New York State, among others, already have liberalized abortions. Now the rest of the country must follow suit. The struggle for women's equality continues to be the fight of our lifetime. New York acts, and the other states follow. Congratulations to both That is elected officials of New York State cheering an abortion bill. Then a soundbite they tweeted about how awesome it was to pass a bill allowing abortion up to birth. After intense debate for and against the proposal, the New York State Legislature passed a bill Tuesday that makes it legal for doctors and other healthcare professionals, such as midwives and physician assistants, to perform abortion up up until a birth for any reason in the state. I'm having a hard time reading this because I'm just so disgusted. This has sat with me all weekend. The so-called Reproductive Health Care Act that abortion advocates have been trying to get passed for 12 years, has been vehemently opposed by religious and conservative groups. It passed 38 to 28, and thunderous applause in the Senate chamber. The bill codifies federal abortion rights guaranteed under Roe v. Wade. We have a president who's made it very clear that he wants to overturn Roe Wade, State Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins said at a news conference ahead of the vote, according to Albany Times Union. Today, here in New York, we are saying no. We are saying no, not here in New York. And we're not just saying no. We're saying that here in New York, women's health matter. We're saying here in New York, women's lives matter. We're saying here in New York, women's decisions matter. We're saying here in New York, babies can go fuck themselves. Remain on the state code, making it a felony to perform late-term abortions, according to the Democrat and Chronicle. That's why they passed this. The law defined homicide as conduct which causes the death of a person, an unborn child, with which a female has been pregnant for more than 24 weeks. The Reproductive Health Act removes abortion from the penal code and further notes in part that every individual has a fundamental right to choose or refuse contraception or sterilization. Every individual who becomes pregnant has a fundamental right to choose to carry the pregnancy to term. The right to give birth to a child or to have an abortion pursuant to the article. The New York State Catholic Conference said in a statement on Facebook that Democrat Governor Cuomo was expected to sign the controversial bill at a reception in the executive mansion immediately after legislators voted to approve it. And Cuomo appeared ready as he celebrated Sarah Weddington, the lawyer nationally known for successfully arguing and winning Roe v. Wade. He tweeted about it. He was happy. Understand this is the same state that just revoked the castle law and the New York state is if somebody comes into your house, you're supposed to hide first. If you can't hide, you can then defend yourself. But if there's reasonable means that you can go hide, you're supposed to go do it. It all stems from a Harlem case where an African American went into a white person's house 
and they stabbed and killed three of the motherfuckers and two got away. I think that's how it went. And they felt, the DA, that that was fucking inappropriate. And the guy went to jail. He was a kid defending his mom. Colorado now considers sex education bill that corrode parental rights and their new law they're going to put out. You can't talk about creationism. You can't talk about the Bible. You have to push gay and transgender shit on kill kids as young as grade school. That's what they want. And it'll pass. This is the same people that write tweets like this. The death penalty is morally indefensible and has no place in 21st century. Today, in solidarity with Pontifex and the honor of my father, I'll be advancing legislation to remove the death penalty from state law once and for all. Katie Pavlich. But gleefully abortion until birth is fine because morals are something. Yeah. A small business in Syracuse hated it so much they said... Closed today. Today is a day of mourning in New York State. We will not collect tax today for a tyrannical government that murders babies. We'll resume regular business tomorrow collecting sales tax under duress. End abortion now. They won't. Vermont, after New York passed theirs. Vermont looks to make abortion up to birth a constitutional right, even though the Constitution doesn't talk about it. Now, I was going to play a horrible soundbite from PPFA, and then I just said, you know, I don't need to. They are horrible, because their statistics came out. Nobody covered it. They snuck it out. They don't speak of it. The media doesn't want to speak of it, because they know if normal Americans heard this shit, they'd be like, oh, my God. Their cover's the same. Gay people. There's one white person. Everybody else is a person of color, because that's their big thing now. They say they helped 2.4 million patients, 9.7 million services provided, 4,712,985 STI treatments, 741,000 HIV tests, and 240,500 sexually transmitted disease. Gave out 2,620,687 birth control information and services. Reversible contraceptive clients, 1,870,000. Emergency contraceptive kits, 631,510. That means they killed 631,510 babies. That's in the beginning. Breast exams and pap tests, 570,000, reached 1.2 million through outreach. A text. It's good to know you guys are here like a second mom or fun aunt. You can ask these questions too without worrying about punishment or shame. A 17-year-old kid, they performed an abortion on. That's fucking fantastic. Bunch of shit up front. They don't really talk about it. Fighting back, how they winning 3,000 events, 
350,000 phone calls, 1.5 million petition signatures, 3,000 media clips, 300 letters to editors, 50 op-eds. Did the NRA get 50 op-eds? Did the pro-life movement get one op-ed? Just one! And WAPO. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. So... They say 48% is STI, 27% is contraception, 13.4% other women's service, 6.3% cancer, and 3.41, 3.4% is abortion. We all know that's a lie. We know it's a lie. But that's they get to play this lie because the media doesn't even critically look at it. The, the media wouldn't even cover it this week. So by the end of all their bullshit and lies, they killed 631,510 babies and they aborted 332,757 babies. Somewhere there'll be an op-ed. If anybody points out that it's 11,000 more babies than last year, it's because of Trump or something. Trump. They say they get their revenue... 38 from private contributions, 34 from government, 22 from non-government health services revenue, and 6% from other. So I want you to understand, $546 million of your tax money went to this abortion clinic last year, plus they got Medicaid, which made up 20 or, uh, 22%. So basically, we pay for all of this. And when you literally break it down, 964,267 babies were killed this year just by Planned Parenthood. Just by them. Then that's, that's, that's it. It's all them. They they did it all. It's unfucking believable, but it that they that's almost the million. And being that I listened to a lot of coverage from the March for Life, less than one percent of it is because of incest and rape. Just today in the United States, eleven hundred babies were aborted. Eleven hundred. Since Roe v. Wade, 61 million. By Planned Parenthood, 8,275,385. By Planned Parenthood, just this year, 25 days into the year, 21,532. United States this year, 62,000. After 16 weeks, 3,000. Black babies, since 73, 8. 18 million. Worldwide since 1980, 1,522,000,000, excuse me, 679, 939 babies. Now 940, 42, 43. A billion. Worldwide already this year, 2,711,000. Since I loaded the page, 115 have been killed. And worldwide today, 50,000 babies were killed. 
but a kid smirking at an indigenous tom-tom player in his face is what the media said was evil again this week. He's evil. A hat that says make America great again is evil. White people, evil. Christians, evil. But 964,267 babies, most of them done when they had a heartbeat. That's not evil. Just think about that. Let it sit. Just let it sit and think about how fucking twisted we have turned into because of the Democratic National Committee. To news and social media nuggets. This, this, is, this is something, man. This is, this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see two. these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Gays in the military now. Military coroner, service member killed in action in Afghanistan. U.S. service member has been killed in action in Afghanistan, the second American to die while supporting operations of the country this month. Officials with Operation Resolute Support announced Tuesday that the death of a service member whose service branch was not identified, nor is he, is being investigated. 75th Ranger Regiment lost Staff Sergeant Cameron Medic on January 17th, and I don't remember if we covered him or not, so... I just wanted to touch base and say rest in peace and to his family. God bless. Women don't belong in the combat units. This is Wall Street Journal. It's done by my favorite conservative author, really. I mean, we play her a lot, Heather McDonald. The Obama-era policy of integrating women into ground combat units is a misguided social experiment that threatens the military readiness and waste resources in the service of political agenda. The next defense secretary should end it. In September 2015, the Marine Corps released a study comparing the performance of the gender integration in male-only infantry units as simulated combat. The all-male teams greatly outperformed the integrated teams, whether on shooting, surmounting obstacles, or evacuating casualties. Female Marines were injured at more than six times the rate of men during preliminary training, unsurprisingly, since men's higher testosterone levels produce stronger bones and muscles. Even the fittest woman, with those study participants were, must work at a maximal physical capacity with carrying, while carrying a 100-pound pack or repeatedly loading heavy shells into a cannon. Ignoring the Marine study, then-Defense Secretary Ash Carter opened all combat roles to women in 2015. 
Rather than require new female combat recruits to meet the same physical standards as men, the military began crafting gender-neutral standards in the hope that more women would qualify. Previously, women have been admitted to non-combat specialties under lower strength and endurance requirements. Only two women have passed the Marine Corps' fabled infantry officer training course out of the three dozen who have tried. Most washed out in combat endurance tests administered on day one. Participants hike miles while carrying 80-pound packs, climb 20-foot ropes multiple times and scale an 8-foot barrier. The purpose of the test is to ensure that officers can hump their own equipment and still arrive at a battleground mentally and physically capable of leading troops. Most female aspirants couldn't pass the test, so the Marine changed it from a pass-fail requirement to an unscored exercise with no bearing on the candidate's ultimate evaluation because they were forced to by the Pentagon. The weapon company hiked during the IOC is now gender-neutral meaning that officers can hand their pack to a buddy if they get tired, rather than carrying it for the 10 miles required. Lowering these physical requirements risks reducing the American military lethality. A more serious effect of sex integration has become taboo to mention. The inevitable introduction of Eros in combat units, putting young, hormonally charged men and women into the same quarters for extended periods, guarantees sex rivalries and breakups, all of which undermine and bonding essential to a unified fighting force. A Marine commander who served in Afghanistan described to me how the arrival of an all-female team tasked with reaching out to local women affected discipline on his forward operating base. Until that point, rigorous discipline had been the norm, but when four women, three service members, and a translator arrived, the post-atmosphere changed overnight from a stern business-like place to that of an eighth-grade dance. The officer walked in on common room one day to find women clustered in the center. They were surrounded by eager male Marines, one of whom was doing a handstand. Another Marine officer who was stationed on a Navy ship after 9-11 told me that female officer had regular tryst with enlisted sailors in the engine room. Marine Corporal Remendos Cruz, one of the first women to join the infantry, was discharged last year after admitting to sexual relationship with her subordinates. Army Surf's First Class Chase Usher was relieved of his leadership position for consensual relationship with a female soldier that began almost immediately after she arrived in his newly gender-integrated unit in Fort Bragg. Before infantry integration became feminist imperative, evidence was clear that co-ed military was a sexually active one. In 88, Navy Secretary Jim Webb reported that an unmarried enlisted Navy and Air Force women stationed in Iceland, half were pregnant, President Trump's first defense secretary, Mattis, had seemed a good candidate to reverse it, but he didn't. She goes into that. Female engineers and others did return fire when attacked in Iraq and Afghanistan, but performing well in incident-related combat is a far cry from serving in a dedicated ground combat unit with its months of punishing physical demands. The incoming Pentagon chief can expect an aggressive grilling on gender integration from the Senate Armed Service Committee. He should promise to resolve the claim that when it comes to combat, there are no significant physical differences between men and women. He could do it by pitting an all-female infantry unit against an all-male unit and seeing how they measure up, and they don't. I could give a fuck about all this until the bullets start. I was a drill sergeant in the first of the integration craziness. There was fucking and sucking, and here carrying my pack, women used their 
airs to get men to do everything for them. When I was in Afghanistan, a Canadian unit was put on the line next to us. Every one of my guys tried to get with this ugly girl because she was like a 10. And they hadn't seen pussy lately. It's a stupid theory. It will be reversed when we get our first combat action and all of them die. Well, this unit got hit and the majority are dead women because they were too busy. Hey, can you shoot that guy? I'm kind of busy. Say it's sexist. It's just facts. A new proposal could require women to register for the draft. Yeah, there's a big push for this right now. And not being a hypocrite, do it. You want equality, you get drafted. It's one of the first things I think I said on this podcast. When all this shit came down, I was like, well, wait a minute. If you're going to integrate and women have to be in combat units because of the patriarchy and shit, well, then why aren't they drafted? Every young male in this country, the age of 17, has got to go enlist. Every female, go get your goddamn Gucci purse and get your ass down there and fucking enlist. I would love to see <clears throat> some of these women's march motherfuckers actually have to, oh my God, all this shit I talked about, now I got to go to war? Yeah, yeah, you do. We talked about it briefly, but it looks like the Supreme Court will continue the transgender ban. It was a 5-4. to four. It's soon to be 6-3. to three Because RGB is not doing well. VA is rolling out an easier appeals process. Modernize the current claims and appeal process, which is going to go digital. I don't know why it wasn't. Include three review options for disagreement with decision, require improved notification of VA decisions, provide earlier claim resolution, and ensure receive the earliest effective date possible. This is really important because here's the biggest thing. There was no piece of paper saying I'm 80% disabled. It was on the bottom of a page. And the next page was how I can appeal. So... It needs to be done. SHOT Show was this week, which brought back a lot of good memories. I used to go to SHOT Show all the time when I worked with U.S. Cav, and it was a really fun event, and I, I'd go to fancy dinners and meet, you know, fucking all these cool people and see cool shit. It was awesome. But there were a lot of neat weapons came out. Winchester unveils new blackout that outperforms the... Excuse me, new round that outperforms the 300 Blackout. The Winchester Ammunition is new hunting cartridge that's more potent than the 300 Blackout and 223. The new 350 Legend Center Fire Rifle cartridge is designed specifically for deer hunting at 250 yards. It carries more muzzle velocity than a 30 30, uh, 300 Blackout, and a 223. Sig Sauer shows off its potent new Rattler Chamber. Rattler chambered for 5.56. Sig Sauer is now offering a powerful 5.56mm version of his popular ultra-compact Rattler personal defense weapon. Sig, Sig originally Rattler was introduced last year in a 300 blackout. became very, very popular quickly, but we still had a lot of customers coming to us and saying, we need the same variation in a 5.56, so they made it. Like the original Rattler, the 5.56 version comes in a semi-automatic full-auto version and features a 5.5-inch barrel and folding stock. It looks like something you can shove in your cargo pocket. 
Pretty badass. Daniel Defense unveils first customized bolt gun. The new Delta 5 bolt action rifle is loaded with custom features designed to enhance accuracy and reliability. This is our first go into the bolt gun realm. Some of the design criteria going into this project was to kind of capitalize on the custom attributions of really high-end custom bolt gun at a production price. The Delta 5, which is available in a 6.5 Creed Mortar, 3.8 Winchester, 7mm 08 Remington, features a hammer forged contour barrel and a carbon fiber reinforced polymer stock. It has an AIC, AICS 5 round detachable magazine, dual magazine release at the bottom of the trigger guard, and a Timney Elite Hunter trigger set at 3.5 pounds. Sounds sexy. Six Sour Live Fires is hard-hitting new ultra-light machine gun. It looks like a mini saw. It's just got a shorter... It doesn't have a shorter barrel. It's like everything else has been condensed. The belt-fed machine gun has a rate of fire 600 rounds per minute and a maximum effective range of 2,000 meters. But the best part is firing 7.62 by 5.1 millimeter NATO. So it's a saw that'll knock them down. And the last thing, which I thought was cool was the Surefire newest weapon light lasers designed for operators. Surefire LLC unveiled its latest weapons light. It's got a white light. It's got an infrared illuminator. It's got a visible laser in green. And it's got an IR laser. It is the fucking shiznick. We're very excited about it. The XVL2 runs at one on one CR123A battery and has a max run time of 1.5 hours. The white light puts out 400 lumens while the IR output on the illuminator is 300 milliwatts. The activation level is also similar to the X300 line, which is pretty fucking cool. We sell a shit of a load of it, but we didn't sell them at 1350. That's a lot of coin. It took the Army four years to field the JLTV. It took soldiers four days to total it. They got 500 of them at Fort Stewart, and right off the back, the Raider Brigade fucking destroyed one. There's already a picture from the backwoods, and it's turned on its side. So, to our college. Crazy. Georgia TA now says gun-toting white country people are terrorists. This guy is the Iram Osei Frimpong. Some white people may have to die for black communities. We talked about them. Hot water. Minutes later, he made an even more racially charged comment. Specifically, Frim Frog said the white people in the country who pose them will pose with their guns on social media are terrorists. Make no mistake, if y'all think I'm going to say, well, just kill all white people. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the person on your Facebook who has who who has who who's posing with the gun, I'm making fun of it because that's how it's written. A profile picture, that person's a terrorist. And that works with a lot of black people. That's why we don't say anything. And I'll tell you a few things. I'll tell you, there are more white people posing with guns on social media than there have been in the every single hip-hop video in history. So they, they say, they're like, black hip-hop culture is violence. No, look at white culture, country culture like that. Everyone's got a gun and posing with it. And a gun shoots you and blah, blah, blah. Make no mistake, they're going to kill you because they're confederates. He's a fucking idiot. Best part, donors ain't giving shit to fucking UGA until they get rid of his ass. So, theater near you soon. And that's black people. They interviewed uh, 
this was campus reform. They actually interviewed a bunch of different people. It was just a bunch of white Klansmen down there in Georgia for the liberals. Um, bunch of red hat wearing fucking rednecks. No, they, they were just black people. I don't give a shit to that. You can't have people saying that. Socialist students balked to ban white supremacist culture cult Chick-fil-A. An environmental group in Athens, Georgia, is demanding the University of Georgia ban Chick-fil-A from campus, calling the fast food restaurant chain industrial white supremacist imperialist capitalist cult. Wow, that's a mouthful. Athens, Athens, excuse me, Earth Strike, some of whose members are also part of the Athens Young Democratic Socialist America, AOC, yay, was described himself as official chapter of the YDSA Athens and University of Georgia is targeting Chick-fil-A for its use of non-compostable packaging and further claiming the chicken chain uses unsustainability source poultry. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in there. They're racist because they're Christian. Mm, Okay. Kansas Dems support college admins using state funds to lobby gun control. Gonna leave that there. They're cool with it. Good to go. Feminist seminar. Please refrain from wearing fragrances, including deodorant. Yeah, that's a real thing. UCLA thinking gender. Feminists confronting the carceral state. Don't know what the fuck that means. In February, warns attendees to please refrain from wearing products with fragrances such as perfumes, hair products, deodorants, detergents, etc. This stipulation is meant to ensure healthy and safety of all individuals at the event. Presumably, the event will permit students to wear fragrance-free variants of those products. The gathering of students will use feminist, queer, abolitionist, and intersectional interventions to confront the United States. Gendered regimes of incarceration. Woohoo! The U.S. justice system is site of widespread gendered and race-based violence. The event organizer asserts, adding that the U.S. currently incarcerates nearly third of all female prisoners in the world. Attendees will reckon with such matters through feminist and queer perspective. The fragrance issue is one we've seen a lot on campus. UCLA Young Americans for Freedom President Eric Schneider told Campus Reform, adding that he has seen at least one no-fragrance zone on campus. Essentially, it's for health concerns, they explained, but in practice, it's another method of conforming campus thought. Schneider went on to address the event's subject matter, conceding that the organizers do correctly identify that the U.S. holds an outstanding measure of world criminals, but asserting that the event's proposed solution is ineffective. Instead of looking at the problem through queer and a feminist perspective, it makes sense to approach the issue from a criminal justice standpoint. They're going to try to fix a broken clock with a hammer and nails. It works on some problems, but not on the one they're dealing with. According to Invisible Disabilities Association, approximately 12.6% of the population suffer from multiple chemical sensitivities, a condition in which they experience reaction from exposure to low concentration of common chemicals. But coming to a theater near you, we will all be forced to not wear anything. Oh, you're so insensitive. You wore fucking deodorant. Oh my god. You're a deodorantist, sister. Oh, a deodorant That sounds better. We'll go with deodorant Fucking yahoos. Kate Hudson. I'm raising my daughter genderless. I'm not saying anymore. Got the whole article. Illegals at Sundance premiere Taunting Ice. Yeah, Sundance. 
Latest left. Okay, okay. It's happening at Sundance Festival in Park City, Utah this week. You know, Sundance is a place where they give awards for transgressive or brooding or quirky films. According to the Hollywood Reporter, a documentary narrative hybrid, whatever that is, called The Infiltrators will premiere January 25th. It's about a Florida immigration detention center, and two of the people featured in it, illegal aliens, are boasting they're going to be in Park City for the screening. As a matter of fact, they're taunting immigration and custom enforcement agents to meet them there. I welcome any retaliation by the Trump administration, says Muhammad Abu Dali al-Haqqa, an undocumented immigrant from Iran. We've come to understand that the more out there in the open we are, the safer we are. If I were to get detained by immigration, I would rather be a phone call away from a large community of people than to be in the shadows and have no one to support me. I think the mindset that Trump administration is worse on immigration is very harmful. I remember in 2009-10 when Obama was deporting thousands of young people. Oh no! Oh no, say it's not so! The dear leader? As Paige said, the greatest president we ever had? Yeah. Yeah, that's good shit. Bono! Davos! Capitalism is not immoral, it's amoral. I know I touched it. I just wanted to get the exact comment because it's good. By the way, at Davos, they had 1,500 private jets. But they're going to tell you, you need to live in a cave, get rid of your car, throw your iPhone out while you're throwing out your deodorant. Do it. No need to install Microsoft has controversial fake news filter, NewsGuard, built into mobile browser on the Windows phone now, which I used to have. It was a good phone. It just didn't have enough apps, so I got rid of it. Corporate and neocon-backed startup NewsGuard is one step closer to its vision of bringing bringing its unreliable news raider to every screen after Microsoft makes it an internal part of the Edge mobile browser. Rather than have to download an app as before, Edge users on Android and Apple devices can now just click one button to enable its green-red rating signal if a website is trying to get it right or instead has hidden agenda or known, knowingly publishes falsehoods of propaganda. <clears throat> so what are the green lights, you say? CNN, Voice of America, BuzzFeed, The Guardian, New York Times, WAPO, as well as Vice News and Refinery29. So on the other side, Daily Mail, Daily Wire, Breitbart, Drudge, and hundreds of non-mainstream news will be deemed fake news. Coming to a goddamn Google browser. It, Chrome is just Chrome's going to get it. I mean, they already own the searches, but I guarantee it's going to have a block feature. This story's fake. Nathan Phillips is a great American hero. We got the Congressional Medal of Honor. Oh, really? Mm. Puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, Canada Family Doctors gets guidance on treating youth with gender dysphoria. I'm not going to break it down. I was going to. I just can't right now. This fucking shit is basically you're a terrible parent unless you start blocking the hormones. Regardless of stats, regardless of everything, block the hormones. 
to more Twitter shit because I had it out of order. Comfortably smug, Beto's journal. Now, I want you to know there are a thousand parody spicier out there, but they're con-related. They're being smartasses, and they're good, so nobody blocks them. There's probably 12,000 fucking parody Trump accounts that mock him daily. Somebody came out with Beto's journal. I think I read one tweet on a podcast a couple times ago, a couple shows ago. It's now blocked on Twitter. Twitter got rid of it because Beto is the next JFK, you fucking loser. So you can't have mocking liberal stuff. But there's they're, they're not picking sides. Twitter is for everyone. Yeah. I, I'm going to cover this quickly because I, I just want to keep bringing it back because it just it sprouted a couple shows ago. That all of a sudden, because Trump said something, all conservatives are anti-vaxxers. But that's always been a liberal thing. And the media is just lying to get Trump and shit. An anti-vaccination hotspot near Portland declares an emergency over measles outbreak. Portland, Oregon has led health officials in nearby Clark County, Washington, to declare a public health emergency as they warn that people infected with a highly contagious virus since the beginning of the year have visited schools and churches and dentist's office, an Amazon locker pickup station, a Costco, and an Ikea. Someone with the measles... It's just a whole liberal litany of shit. Someone with the measles was at Concourse D of the International Airport, a Trailblazer game, everything. And it's these liberal anti-vaxxers. That's what they were. Unfucking believable. Which brings me to a funny story that I have to just insert here because it made sense. Um, Ass Affinity Bag. I watch a show called Tennessee Crossroads. PBS. It's really good. And it kind of gives us different places we can go. Um, in Tennessee. And this guy was a flashback to back in the day. And I guess what happened was when there was a flu that broke out years ago like in the 1800s they would put this asafidity bag which was a spice and it smelled horrible and kids would wear it around their neck you know because like 600,000 people died in the United States alone millions worldwide died of this Spanish flu um, and they they thought it ward off disease and it worked because people didn't come around you. They didn't get close contact, so you couldn't get the disease. But it was just an old-fashioned remedy to diseases. And I thought that was really interesting because I never heard of it, so I Googled it. And, and there it was. You know, they, they, they did this up until the 1900s. They put that little bag around their kid's neck. It was, you know, literally medicinal. You'd buy it at a fucking general store. But it... It wasn't warding off or killing germs as it was advertised. It was just you didn't get close to people because you stunk. And I thought that was just like, wow, we should probably still do that. Maybe those moon bats at that college are onto something. Don't wear deodorant, smell like ass. You'll never get sick because nobody will get near you. You won't be close enough to get their germs. Matt in Oregon sends us, and I wish I had more time to get to it, but just the statement itself, I think, does it. And I found a way to get around it, Matt. I, I just now lock into my VPN connection, and I can download 
or read m- endless WAPO and New York Times stories. Um, they can't block me at five because now, when I got this article, I was in Canada, supposedly. That's what they said. Um, we used to count black Americans as three-fifths of a person. For reparations, give them five-thirds of a vote. A cash payout would never work. Here's a better way to fight the enduring damage of slavery. Theodore or Johnson. And I read the article and I was just shocked. So now they would get basically more than a vote so that they could beat out all those evil white people. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense. A story I'm going to read next podcast, because this is really long, how Twitter could be the death of liberal democracy. I really think it's true. I know I've read twists on this before, but this one was really, really good. So I'm going to play it. We're now going to go into a lighter fare, because I have a couple stories to end the show, and I'm so sorry it's over three hours, but it's just hard to jam all this shit in there. This, this, this. I'm starting to talk like a gender-neutral person. They... So instead of these, I'm going to use this soundbite are the two SNL skits that were actually funny a week ago. I doubt tomorrow is going to be funny. Enjoy. It's Tabitha. My book, The Obedient Husband, just made the New York Times bestseller list. Thank you. Thank you. This book has helped so many couples, and I couldn't have done it without my wonderful husband, Craig. Thank you, baby. Now, Craig is a great husband, but like all of us, he is not perfect. Before I was on TV, I was a life coach and a dog trainer. And one thing we emphasized with both dogs and husbands was communication. Let your spouse know when he's doing something that you don't like. Like the other day, I was annoyed after coming back from the grocery store. Take a look. Okay, I just got home and I see a bag of rolls on the floor. Craig? Craig, did you eat all the Hawaiian rolls, Craig? Craig? Craig, I just bought these, Craig. Did you eat them? Craig? 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 Did you eat the Hawaiian rolls, Craig? Craig? Look at me, Craig. Now, Craig knew that that was bad, right, Craig? (laughs) See, this is all outlined in Chapter 5, The Power of Shame. Craig, remember when you had that football party? Take a look. Oh my God, look at this. What a mess. Who did this? Craig? Craig, did you do this? Craig? Oh my God. Craig? Craig? Craig, did you have a party? Craig, did you have a party here? What's that on your face, Craig? What's that on your face? Is that cheese doodle dust? Is that cheese doodle dust? I can see you, Craig. Craig knew I was disappointed. Now, this technique has worked for hundreds of women, and I've brought two of them here today. Please welcome Laura Hans and Mary Butler. Thank you for being here. 
say thank you for reading my book. Oh, my God. I love the book. It has improved my relationship so much. Mine, too. You're amazing, Tabitha. <laughs> it's not me. These techniques have worked for years for both husbands and dogs. Now, Lauren, you have a boyfriend who just can't grow up. He parties and stays out all night? Well, I used to. Daniel and his friends would just go crazy. But with your technique, they learned to respect my concerns. Look. Daniel, Benjamin, who drank too much and bought an Xbox on Amazon Prime? Daniel, Benjamin. Well, I know it was somebody who bought it. Daniel, I am very disappointed. Great communication, Lauren. Oh, well, and he's been careful with his online shopping ever since, haven't you, honey? <laughs> but I hear he hasn't stopped the partying. Well, no, but we're working on that. I, I actually had to resort to your advanced shaming technique where I made a sign, then took a picture of him next to it. Mm, let's see that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hide meat in the couch. Yeah, he kept drinking late at night, then binging on slices of deli ham. But I never found meat in the couch after that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! And Mary, your husband was being a little bit too secretive. Yeah, he was, Tabitha. But using your techniques, I think I helped both of us. Look at this. Steven, I found this picture in your sock drawer. Is this your other family? Steven! Did you leave town on business and start a secret family? Steven! Did you do that? Steven! You got your baby! Oh, Steven! Oh my God! Don't worry, no, Steven said it was all a misunderstanding. It's all about communication, right? Girl, I think you got more than communication problems. Uh, when we come back, I'll show you what Craig did to the vacuum. It has been so bad. So bad. Action 9, News at 5. NorCal's number one choice for news. Good afternoon. Our top story, a 4.3 magnitude earthquake rattled downtown Sacramento this morning, causing some structural damage. Our own Randall Fields is in Capitol Plaza. Randall, besides the ground, what's shaking over there? Uh, well, lots, Carol. And given the severity of the situation, I found that earthquake pun in very poor taste. Yes. Uh, I'm here at the Social Security Administration building where a portion of the second floor caved in, trapping several people who were in the legal change of name office below. I'm told the building was especially busy as due to the partial government shutdown, office hours have been limited. Uh, joining me now are two gentlemen who were inside the building waiting to change their names when the earthquake struck. Uh, please tell us who you are and what you remember. Well, uh, yeah, my name is Donald McRonald. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to change my last name to Johnson and finally stop all the dumbass childish jokes <laughs> when everything just started shaking. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know how I got out, um, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm feeling very lucky right now. Uh, and your name is, sir? Uh, Mark Penis? <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Okay. Randall, Randall I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut off Mr. Penis here um, as we have an update from search and rescue officials at the scene. Uh, I'm Dr. Shana Steele, triage coordinator for family members worried about relatives who were in the change of name office. Um, here is a list of rescued individuals taken to St. Joseph's Memorial Hospital. Lisa Simpson, Bill Cosby, Mario Party, Tiny Dick, and Morgan Mindy. No, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, the following people are at Sacramento General. Siblings Gary, Larry, and Mary Potter, uh, Taco Bell, uh, Ivan Jurganov. You have? That was gross, and I am sorry, ha ha ha. Pedophilia and Keith, um, uh, how would you say that? Oh, Queef, Keith Queef. <laughs> should mention that we did not know Mr. Queef was inside, so when he came out, it was a delightful surprise. Um, we will update you as we learn more. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let's check back in with Randall Fields. Randall, with this earthquake, any idea who's at fault? Again, Carol, I find your earthquake jokes very inappropriate. Yes. Um, I am standing here with a civilian who helped get lots of folks out safely. Some are even calling him a hero, Mr. Alan Hitler. Oh, please don't say hero, and, and please don't use my last name. Just an initial. Okay, well, uh, based on your actions today, I think the only thing that you share with that other Hitler is a last name. And unfortunately, uh, some DNA, he's my great uncle, but everybody's got that embarrassing relative, right? <laughs> kind of. Okay, thank Randall, you. Randall, I, I am sorry. I hate to interrupt uh, Mr. Hitler, who we admire so much, but um, Dr. Steele has some new information. Moments ago, a, a search team rescued this young boy who came to the change of name office by himself and didn't tell his parents because he thought they'd be mad. So, mom, dad, rest easy. Holden Tudix is safe. And might I add, he is a great kid. Holden Tudix has got us all laughing down here. What a relief for those parents, as I'm sure they love Holden Two Dicks more than anything in the world. Uh, I'm here with two more folks who were able to get out, thanks to Mr. Hitler. Uh, this is Julie, and I am not going to say her last name, as it sounds very close to the N-word. Yeah, I should just say that while it is spelled the same way, it's actually pronounced like cigar. Right, but then it would sound like he's saying the N-word with a British accent. I have to agree. Sound advice from... Dr. Donna did a dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, more with Julia N. and Dr. Donna did a dog uh, after the break. Carol, back to you. Thank you, Randall. Coming up, more on the situation downtown where the mayor is scheduled to speak. Stay with us. For Action 9 News, I'm Carol Cumdungeon. <laughs> Surprising. It's actually funny. <clears throat> More funny stuff. CNN's Jim Acosta is writing a book about Trump's war with the media. 
CNN White House correspondent Jim Acosta is authoring a book about the Trump administration and its battle with the news media. The Harper imprint of HarperCollins Publishers announced the book on Thursday morning. Harper says Acosta will share never-before-revealed stories of his White House rejections of truth while lying at, lying at, laying out excuse me, the stakes for how Trump's hostility towards facts possess an unprecedented threat to our democracy. The book title, The Enemy of the People, A Dangerous Time to Tell the Truth in America. Yeah, it is on CNN. There's not a lot of truth over there. The first part, of course, comes from the president's own rhetoric against the press corps. The subtitle comes from his speech Acosta gave at San Jose State University. This is a dangerous time to tell the truth in America, but the truth is bigger than a bully. Acosta's book will come out June 11th. The book deal was first reported by the AP. <clears throat> that means the book was in the works well before Trump singled out Acosta and banned him from the White House grounds the day after the midterms. CNN and Acosta challenged the administration's action and won a temporary restraining order for the federal judge. The White House then restrained Acosta's press pass. Simply put, I'm writing this book to share what I've experienced covering President Trump's during his first two years in office. This sobering, bewildering, and sometimes frightening experience has made it absolutely clear that this is a dangerous time to tell the truth in America. In a statement, he alluded to the press pass incident. The president and his team, not to mention some of the supporters, have attempted to silence the press in ways we've never seen before. Even though Obama kicked all sorts of people out of buses, trains, airplanes, and the press room. But we didn't care, because he's black, and he's a dear leader, and he's an ally. I witnessed firsthand, as difficult as the challenge may be for free press in America, we must continue to do our jobs and report the news. The truth is worth the fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as he does this, I want you to hear this headline, carried by CNN, but started in Houston by an ABC channel. Five shot, three killed after homeowner opens fire on suspects during apparent home invasion. I'm not going to read the story because the title says it all. Basically, the homeowner was the aggressor to five people breaking in his fucking house. Once again, homeowner white aggressors or home breakers black. It is hard to tell the truth in America when you're pushing a religion of progressivism. It's just hard. And then we close with some good things that I picked up this week. I, I'm really starting to like this Dan Crenshaw. Media blunders this week. Hardly any coverage of March for Life. BuzzFeed lies about Cohen case, slandering Covington kids, slandering Karen Pence for working at a Christian school. Three out of four fundamentally anti-Christian just in seven days. And he's right. Patricia Heaton took him all the task. I'm seeing what I believe to be a sincere apologies for some journalists and verified media persons regarding their lack of professionalism and rushing to judge the Covington Catholic situation. These apologies are welcome and necessary, but they don't address the damage that cannot be undone, which was inflicted upon young people who are about to embark on adulthood, applying to colleges, looking for employment, etc. These young people will forever have their smears follow them through their lives every time they prefer their resume with words Covington on it. It will also affect anyone who ever has or ever will attend the school. The damage is incalculable. And yet those who perpetrate this destruction, no matter how unintended, are still at their jobs with nary a consequence for their reckless behavior. It seems to me that an apology without some kind of accompanying action which speaks to the seriousness of this transgression, a suspension from work, some loss of pay, 
renders any apology empty. Some kind of compensatory action would go a long way in signaling the recognition of the seriousness of the transgression and help to restore what's left of the public's very fragile trust and their reputations as trustworthy journalists. However, I don't believe this will happen. I wanted to say that for three hours, but she deserves it. She hits the point nobody wants to touch. Stoneman Douglas kids got into colleges they weren't even qualified for. Got airtime and book deals. They're going to make a fucking movie about them. This kid forever is fucked. Because the progressive religion isn't going to forget. He's going to apply for colleges, get turned down. He's going to apply for jobs and get turned down. For doing nothing wrong. Other than being a wrong thinker. Molly Hemingway. The thing I keep thinking about, if many media types are dishonest about reporting contradicted, reporting contradicted and shown to be dangerously false by hours of extensive video evidence, how astronomically much are they misreporting their claims based on absolutely nothing but anonymous sources? That's the second point nobody wants to touch. If this is fake, they knew it was fake within hours, but up until today, a week later almost, they're still pushing an agenda. What does that say about the rest of the news? Oh, it says what I've been saying the entire time I've been doing a podcast. It's not news. It's fake. While all this was happening, far-left rep Ilan Omar defends the black Hebrew Israelites, which even the Southern Poverty Law Center says is a hate group. The group called the Covenant Kids Child Molesting Faggots Dirty ass crackers, future school shooters, insects babies. She said and tweeted, the boys were protesting woman's right to choose and yelled it's not rape if you enjoyed it. That's not even them, but okay. They were taunting five black men before surrounded Phillips and led racist chants. Sam and Fowley family hired a right wing PR firm to write this non apology. That's a sitting member in Congress. She then deleted another tweet in which she was even worse and deleted it. Then she deleted the tweet I just told you. But what does that say about them? David Roots. I was too generous before. These are outright lies by members of Congress who already smeared Lindsey Graham as compromised With no evidence, after less than a month in office, I'm sure mainstream media folks will hold her accountable. Facts first. There's a lot of misinformation, outright fake news in this tweet, but perhaps most egregious, how nice of a sitting U.S. congressperson to casually characterize member of the black Hebrew Israelites as overtly racist supremacist cult as merely five black men. Five black men. Not five anti White people. None of that. Matt Dowd. January 21st. After all was settled. Folks, let us not let these kids, their parents, and their school off the hook. Regardless of what led up to this, this is awful. And he tweeted S.E. Cup and John Harwood because they retracted and apologized for what they said. 
They broke ranks. He's an independent. But Ouija, that's okay. And it's their name it wrong every time. She brings us another incident where liberal kids treated conservative adults like shit at a protest. It never went viral. And as of yesterday, after all this has gone down on CNN, Blow from the New York Times was allowed to come on and say the following. I want you to think about Farrakhan, Women's March, Omar, Sassauer, Israeli, Israeliites, Hollywood. This was what CNN let somebody say. Steve, does it bother you that somebody like David Duke is such a supporter of the president and always, you know, giving him plaudits for the things he says? The fact that the things that the president say register uh, on the radar so strongly of white of white supremacists and racists, does that not raise any concerns? It's a fair question. It, of course it does. It bothers me when crazies support any legitimate political movement. So it bothers me that David Duke endorses the president. The president does not endorse him. It also bothers me uh, that the shooter of Steve Scalise endorsed well, Barry Sanders. Well, the not president Barry Sanders, pretended he didn't uh, know Senator who David Sanders, Duke was. But it doesn't was- mean... It doesn't mean that Senator Sanders endorses uh, that reprehensible attempted murderer. So if we, if we want to start affixing crazies uh, to political movements, I think that's an unfair uh, way to proceed, and, and we can do it with both sides. But you know, would it bother me? Of course. No. It would bother me tremendously more if the president were doing anything in policy terms, if he were doing anything that David Duke would actually like. In fact, he's doing the opposite. He's empowering mm. <laughs> that, that, black and For that is Americans. precisely what he's doing. And, so, like, so I lived through David Duke running for office in Louisiana. I was a college student there and watched that in real time. And also, this, this past election cycle, I taught a, a, a course at Yale. There have been some amazing books written about David Duke's political life. Not him as, a, as the Grand Wizard Ku Klux Klan, but his political life. And the parallels, both in terms of policy, in terms of the way he treats the media, in the terms of the way he has articulated his campaign and his appeal to white voters, is exactly the same as Donald Trump. And in fact, the New York Times wrote, uh, wrote a story a couple of years ago about how if you strip away all of the white supremacist stuff from David Duke, it was basically a blueprint for how the, the present GOP is running on a policy level. Hmm. Not not about like I'm I'm the ex grand wizard of Ku Klux Klan. On a policy level, he basically was the blueprint. David Duke. Do I not say it all the time? Every Republican has to be held accountable for David Duke. Every Republican has to be held accountable for Rush Limbaugh. Every Republican has to be held accountable for uh, now uh, <clears throat> King, who said something that I didn't even cover because I. The story was gone by the time I went to do a podcast. But he said something that could be construed as white supremacist. So he was taken out of every committee and reduced. Jackson 
did it herself. Nobody asked for it. The motherfucker for New Jersey, Menendez, was caught doing stupid shit. He never had to resign. Omar. Fucking Tlaib. They, they don't get... No Democrat gets held accountable for them. No Democrat got held accountable for the baseball shooting. No Democrat gets accountable for taking pictures from Farrakhan. No Democrat gets held accountable that Obama took pictures with Farrakhan. The media suppressed it because the Democrats told him to. We find out 10 years fucking later, nobody was held accountable for that. More than 10 years. 2004. Nobody. So yes, Jim Acosta's true. It is a dangerous time in America to tell the truth because our media doesn't want to tell the truth. Our media wants to push an agenda, a religion. I did a tweet that went viral that was about Ricky Ricky Virginia. God bless America, I can't say his name. Ricky Gervais. There. God. That's just so fucking pathetic. I can't say a word. And I'm going to pull it up. It went viral because so many people know what I'm saying is the truth. It was to the tweet that, let me try to find the first one. I'm fucking up by the numbers. I was supposed to have this open before time. Um... It was on the thread where he was saying, basically, I am treated like an alt-writer. God damn it. Where's the fuck? Where's the... Okay, I'll be honest. I had to hit pause. He deleted his tweet. That's why I can't find it. But this is what I wrote. Modern progressivism is a religion. It is a counter to Christianity. The left writes new verses daily of thou shalt not say, insert new word phrase now deemed wrong think. Thus, they can't have free speech. If you quell all opposition, then they win. With the education, primary and secondary, the MSM and social media, the communication arm, they can continue to spread this disease. With it, less and less free speech for free speech might dispel their agenda. How the hell do you think morally but wrong but morally right flew on the MSM? How? Because in their world, with the Chris Cuomos, it's morally justified to push, punch somebody who doesn't agree with you. You don't have to know of their white supremacists, but they're there, so they must be. Or they're wearing that red hat. Just two podcasts ago, I would have thrown knuckles if somebody said to you, because of something somebody said that he equated to being Trump about gays. It's a religion. It's their form of Christianity. Muslim. Jewish. Doesn't fucking matter. That's their religion. So truth can't get out. When they're caught lying, they deflect and do whataboutisms. Trump said. Or the broader issue. There is white privilege. That red hat's racist. Christian schools are evil. And they continue the story. They don't ever stop and go, I was wrong, this poor kid. What we just read, his life is ruined. 
because some jackass liberal activist got in his face with a tom-tom. He's 17, probably never been confronted by adults in such an aggressive manner, and he knew, knew, just, just nervously smirked because he didn't know what the fuck to do. And then the entire liberal mob, including the media, dismantled a community. They've had bomb threats, doxing, fucking threats to lose their jobs. This is a small, Covington's a small fucking town, man. They went after him because they're Christians. They're fucking evil people who don't believe like New York does, that you should kill a baby when it's crowning. I changed my fucking mind. This is disgusting, disgusting incident. It'll be forgotten in a week because they'll be on to ruining another person's life because they don't think like them. They don't espouse their worldview And God forbid, they believe there is a God in heaven. I really want to get a red hat. I just want to wear, it could be a blank red hat, just to have somebody get in my grill. And that's the scary part that's not being touched by this. People will push back. There's more of us than them, folks. There's more people that go, you can walk down a street wherever the fuck you want. This is America. Even if it offends me, you can wear it. There's millions of Americans who equated hope and change to a divisive thing, just like make America great. But our media loved hope and changed and pushed it. In this case, Make American great makes you worse than Hitler. Final thought that we're closing out. No. As a parent today, I wouldn't let my kid wear the hat to a public place. He could wear it with me in town, but I wouldn't have let him wear it to Washington. Not because he doesn't have the right, not because I'm embarrassed to what it says, not because I believe it's racist and a KKK hood, because... Just like we did in our lives, everything that defines us, we no longer can show on our cars and in public because these people on the left are dangerous. They're unhinged and they want to hit, punch, hurt everybody that doesn't agree with them. Normal Americans have become crazy because they watch CNN. They listen to these politicians and they've ate the Kool-Aid that it's morally justified to hit somebody. And you can be totally factually incorrect, but you're morally right because of the cause. And that 
is fucking un-American. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send emails about comments or suggestions for segments to foppodcast at gmail.com. Foppodcast gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politics webpage at foppodcast.com. My intent is literally to do some content. So if you follow on Facebook or Twitter, I will be doing some content this week to continue the Covington story and remove it from our podcast because I'm just getting too angry to cover it anymore. So be looking there. you also will find a link to every episode on the episode release page, our Facebook page, and our email. Our next show is going to be Wednesday, 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 30 January, Year of the Lord 2019. Until there, stay warm. going to be cold as shit where I'm living, snow, low temperatures. My poor daughter up in Manu... North Dakota, I was at the pause because I want to say Minnesota. Negative 66 tonight. That's fucking scary. It's going to be 9 in Tennessee, North Tennessee. That's, that's fucking cold. So stay safe. Stay warm. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. Give some love to your family. And watch over your kids. It's really tough as a parent right now. You want them to be their own individuals. You want them to believe in stuff. But there are dangerous people out there. So make sure they understand Always have their head on a swivel. Be watching their six. Because if they'll go after this poor Sandman kid, they're going to go after everybody. And make sure your kid's prepared for that. As African-American parents, and I I know people are going to be offended by this, always talk to their kids about how to act with cops. Unfortunately, if you're a Christian conservative in the United States of America, going forward, you're going to have to teach your kid how to act with progressives. It is just as dangerous. And it will get worse before it gets better. Thank you all for listening. Until next Wednesday, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.
Monster every day!